0: Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze Where we take a nostalgic look at a random football magazine from the past I'm Andy Smith, a.k.a. Scotch Footy Cards on Twitter And with me is Tom Brogan Hello! (laughs) In each episode we'll invite a special guest to join us In trolling through the magazine and discuss anything contained within it This could be anything from an article, to a photograph, to a competition, to an advert Basically, if it's in it, we'll talk about it So sit back and let's shoot the breeze
1: might just get the chip, and he does! He scores! Oh, what a and great ball! He's it! Oh, my God! Wiggling his way, and that's an
0: excellent ball, and he It's a goal! for the Banks. Excellent play by Hughes. I think the square of the match, and sweetly finished...
2: And this week, our guest is an actor best known for portraying Officer Karen on the hit BBC TV comedy, Scott Squad,
0: Karen Barkie. Hello. Hello and welcome, Karen. <laughs> well, thank
3: you very much for having me. This yeah. is very exciting. Uh,
0: brilliant. It's great to see you again because uh, we obviously know each other from our times in the Glasgow Schools Youth Theatre. In the misty dawns of time,
3: before right. oh, before electricity, and yeah. when everything was still in black and white,
0: but we were the only things in colour. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I was thinking about this. Did we go there at the same time so my first one was Greece. was that your first one were you there before as no, well? No,
3: Grease was my first show ever what, literally the first time I'd ever been on yeah, stage and right? it was so exciting the whole thing was amazing you were my Danny Zuko <laughs> and yeah. I was Patty Which Simcox so I briefly yeah. was your girlfriend oh. but inevitably I was knocked to my feet uh, to the floor by um, Kim Allen okay. portraying uh, the beautiful Sandy And lovely Julie Smith Who's now Julie Pope Who I'm still friends Mm. with uh, She would then help me up And then I would have to get Like bruise makeup on my face (laughs) Because Sandy
0: had whacked me in the face Oh Someday Listen We could go and talk about this (laughs) For the whole thing But um, I've still got the video of the show Have you got that? I saw it when you posted it. It's cringeworthy, it it really is. And this will will never get shared. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see that, it'll never happen. I'm sorry.
3: Well, you know, the thing is, I remember, because I remember the incredible buzz of being on stage. It was amazing. And I felt like we were on Broadway. I mean, Mm. it was, I thought we were amazing. And the thing, if you've never had kids who've been in like a youth theatre or something, if you go and see a youth theatre show the audience respond to you as if you were Hamilton like the opening night of Hamilton (laughs) I mean they go absolutely off their dingers There's standing ovations for 10 minutes people are screaming and it's it's nuts and when you're on stage you feel like you've absolutely cracked it you feel like you are actually an incredible actor and then you see the video and you're like oh dear (laughs) oh
0: Saturday matinee was usually quite because that was all like or oh, there was a midweek matinee or something, and it was we had all a Wednesday matinee and a and Saturday So there'd be a lot of screaming going on, when I'd come on as Danny, they'll be, ah!
3: Well, yeah. I mean, you were very foxy as Danny. I mean, well, it has to be said, a, a, a very handsome and, and sexual Danny, which yeah. at the time I didn't It was a long really time understand. ago. It was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> but um, just, had, had you seen any of the GSYT's work before?
3: I had not. I Do you know, I discovered just very recently, looking back over old things, I I moved house years ago, right? And I packed up all my stuff and and took it to the new house and that was fine. And then I was tidying something up and I discovered the programme for a performance of Bugsy Malone by Mitchell Theatre for Youth in Glasgow, which was the... And I remember, literally, as soon as I got it, I was like, oh my God, that's when I wanted to be an actor, when I went to see Mitchell Theatre for Youth. But that was the only show I had ever seen, Mm -hmm. was that production of Bugsy Malone. And it was... It was just mind-blowing. In hindsight, it was awful.
1: Because
3: yeah. the guy that was playing Bugsy's voice was breaking the week of the show. So he was <laughs> singing was horrific. Uh, the guy that was playing Tulli clearly didn't like him, didn't want to be anywhere near him. I mean, it was a disaster of a production in many ways. But as soon as I held that programme, I was like, that was the moment that I knew I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. I really did. And that's what made me go and join GSYT.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I did a big Al at school. And that's sort of what gave me the buzz. And there was quite a few familiar school that went to the GSYT. But the yeah. first one I saw was it was Dazzle and West Side Story, which had Mark yeah. Cox was in both. Mark Cox yeah. was absolutely brilliant as a Captain Galactic or something like that and um, and Dazzle. And it was just absolutely... But they, I think that was their last year before because yeah. they, they weren't there. But it's just, it's funny when you see so many people now I mean you'll probably see more because you're in you're in the industry and that business but it's like obviously Natalie Natalie Robb has has been in quite a lot of stuff over the years and um,
3: Joe McFadden Joe
0: McFadden and things
3: like Uh, that Angela uh, Angie who is now Angela Scaramucci oh god what was her maiden name? But she was in the original production of Rent. Pauline Lynch originated. uh, Pauline uh,
0: was in Trainspotting. Yeah. (laughs) Famously. Yeah, I
3: mean, she's done all right. Yeah. Uh, Really successful and Mm -hmm. fantastic author now as well. Um, No, there's tons of them. Yeah. And uh, obviously I do quite a lot of stuff with the comedy unit. So the comedy unit's run by a guy called Rab Christie. And the guy who directs our show is called... Uh, well, he's called Noddy, but he, we all know him as Noddy, but his name is Ian Davidson. And they were both in GSYT too.
0: It's crazy. Do you know what? I, f- I find that um, I'm a bit surprised by certain people who have went on to have a career in it because I never thought... I never thought that they, they'd be that. Even even our f- friend Billy Spears, I, yeah. I didn't think... I think it was like me whereby it was for the moment... And then when it was done, I just sort of went away and did the rest of my life. Yeah. And I sort of thought that would be the same with Billy, but Billy's, Billy's doing stuff all the time, yeah. little shows and stuff like that, and absolutely loves it from from what I can gather. Oh,
3: I mean, looking back, although we're laughing about how, how cringeworthy the Grease video is, actually, but, I mean, there was a lot of really talented people in GSYT. Mm. Really? Steph McCall, there's another yeah, one.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, y- you know, and, and I look back and think... It was, And what was interesting about GSYT, for people that don't know, um, it was funded by Strathclyde Regional Council
1: yeah.
3: and it was for it was for the people from the poorer schools. <laughs> um, it was for the, the less fortunate. So we all had to get like a bus pass to get to it because none of us had the money to go to rehearsals. Mm. We couldn't afford to go to Scottish Youth Theatre that charged you like £600 to go in the summer and, mm. y- you know, so, and it was it totally drew all these people who sometimes could be a little bit rambunctious, I'm not going to lie, um, but it gave them an opportunity to do stuff that they probably weren't going to get a chance to do otherwise. And there's tons of talented people mm. went through it, some of whom have continued and have worked, yeah. some of whom have come into it later, like me, uh, some of whom worked for a while and now have gone off to do other things like yourself. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, but it's it was amazing the amount of talent they went
0: through it. I think, you know, the, the fact that it's given opportunity opportunities to these you know le- less well-off people yeah. and um you know i hope the majority i'm sure not everybody thinks back on it as, you know fondly but i mean I, I genuinely think back on it and think those were absolutely some of the best days of my life it was just really you know exciting entertaining it was you know we, we were going places we go to fascally and do rehearsals there yeah. we'd rehearse Different places and just even doing the shows, you know, you just felt as, as we said earlier on, you feel as if you're in Kids from Fame or something like that. Oh,
3: totally. And I, I'm having I'm having so many flashbacks. I'm <laughs> never going to talk about football. I'm sorry, if you talk about football? Because <laughs> I'm just going to talk about this. Um, I, I keep having flashbacks to in the Mitchell Theatre. That's where we used to do all our shows, and you had to go up three flights of stairs. Oh, in fact, do you remember the last night? greece I tore all the ligaments in my foot. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that so the way the shows were done they were always double cast mm-hmm. yeah. and I was double cast with Lizzie Harvey yeah. Holland Harvey I think it's Harvey um, so she was playing Patty that night and I was in the um, I was in the chorus and Act 1 Scene 7 of Greece, I was walking down the stairs turned over in my foot and popped all the ligaments up the outside of my foot and the thing was the, re- the dressing room was on the third floor and nobody had mobile phones obviously because yeah. it was, I don't think they'd been invented actually at that point in time so I had to go up and down the stairs three times to get money to try and phone my uncle to come and get me because I couldn't walk. But there was a massive window. Yeah. Do you remember? like, and, and everybody used to sit in it, looking out over the street at the back of the yeah, Mitchell yeah. Theatre. And I have all these flashbacks of having these, like, what seemed like incredibly deep, life-changing <laughs> conversations with people. Pauline Lynch, I remember yeah, sitting yeah. there, talking to quite, her. quite a
0: deep window, was not it? Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, could easily fit four or that. five
3: people in it. Yeah. And, and everybody's in, like, lycra dance ties and leg warmers. It was a very <laughs> fashion conscious... Yeah, no,
0: no, <laughs> now, now you mention things like that. It doesn't seem so lovely <laughs> at all, does it?
3: It was amazing. It was, honestly, it was a really seminal founding period of my life. And I, it's what made me want to do what I'm now doing for a living.
0: I, there's, there's one, um, so, as Karen says, I, I, I played uh, on the alternate shows, I played Danny Zuko on it and my... American accent wasn't quite up to it but there was there was one line that I could never quite but I didn't know do you know what this line is I didn't know that I was saying it like that but the line is Sandy you just can't walk out of a driving. Yeah. and so I said hey Sandy you just can't walk out of a driving <laughs> every single time and, and, and it was like people were laughing I said what are you laughing at what are you laughing at tell me and it was like it's the way you're saying it I said I'm, I'm not I'm Listen, I'm saying, Sandy, you just can't walk out of a driving. <laughs> I couldn't get it right for the life of me. <laughs> and um, again, we could talk about this. So other shows um, was we. So West Side Story was the first one. Then we did, we did Big Al. Mm-hmm. Was there another one in between?
3: Greece, Big Al.
0: Well, yeah, I no, joined so Greece. Story. It was Greece, Big
3: Al, Big Al. The Wiz. The Wiz. Yeah. D- a dream.
0: Dreams was the first I think that was the one I must have got uh, chucked out I think it may have
3: been, that was the one that Mr Byrne had written himself yes. because it was the city of culture we met the Queen
0: yeah, I, I and admit, Prince yeah. Philip I, I was in the because that that's um, I sometimes say that's one of my claims to fame that I dance for the Queen. Yeah. I, I don't. give much more context than that. You know, I like, dance for the Queen. It was. Uh, it was a. But,
3: it was a really odd dance from Cats. Yeah. Do
0: you remember? Oh no, we we did. Um, we did Nellisa, two. Was a different.
3: We did Cats and we did something else. One
0: from there was one from the Wiz Yeah. But we we, we didn't. I don't remember doing dance, the Cats
3: one. I, I remember doing something from Cats Yeah, maybe
0: maybe that involved a bit more dancing talent. So I was on the <laughs> sides for that one. because I, I, I was well known as a really good dancer. That's yeah, that's yeah.
3: what they called me, Karen Dancer Barky. That's, yeah, that's exactly, exactly what they exactly what we
0: called her back then. Yeah, Karen Dancer. Do yeah. you know I, this, is,
3: this is another two story? I don't even know if anybody remembers I was there. I I remember being at a party. I think it was at Maggie Cares. And sitting having a conversation with someone and they were telling me all about something they'd spoken to someone about at a previous party. And the person they had spoken to was me. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, that was me. And they were like, no, you weren't there. And I was like, no. And I was repeating sections of the conversation back. I was so invisible in GSYT. <laughs> but, I mean, people were really sweet. Nobody was mean to me at all. Mm. But I just wasn't... There were was so many big personalities and I felt wildly out of my depth.
0: Yeah, there certainly was that. There was certainly there was cliques and I don't necessarily think they were, some of them I don't think were necessarily bad cliques. I think just certain people gravitated towards each other and, you know, other people were, were, were quieter and, you know, maybe their full personality hadn't come out yet and bloomed. So, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of people that I, I recognise to see them, but if I look through the old programmes, it's like, I don't recognise the names and yeah. things like that. And it's really, in, in this day and age, I, I spoke about this before with somebody how when we were growing up, a lot of the people that we would consider good friends, you'd only know them by their first name or maybe a nickname, yeah. and you wouldn't even know what their first name is. So you, you, you wouldn't know what their surname is. But now with Facebook and things, it's like you add them and it's like, so now you know everybody's full name.
3: Yeah, and all, all of their life. Yeah, yeah. Everything. unfortunately. Everything about yeah. Them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So listen, we'll, we'll get started Sorry, on we'll get started. I mean, we will okay. jump back and forth anyway But <laughs> we'll get started on this So this week's title is Match Weekly And it's from the 22nd of June 1991 So we'll do as we do Start from the front And I'm just going to jump through So the main photo is of Kerry Dixon of Chelsea And he's shrugging off a Sunderland player Now the Chelsea kit is a Umbro kit And it's got Commodore as a sponsor uh, Commodore, obviously the computer um, the Sunderland kit's a standard red and white stri- striped shirt, but it's got these Hummel chevrons down the arms. Now, Hummel are, are becoming more, you know, was popular but more known again these days because obviously the, they did the Ranger strip and they're done a few other ones. But the interesting is the Premiership logo on the arm is actually quite small at this point. So, what um, year is this? 91. So the, the Premier League hasn't actually begun by this point so uh, I guess it's the it's not the premiership logo it would be the the football league logo and it's it's really quite small if you see them nowadays they take up
1: yeah. you
0: know the, the entire side of the arm uh, there's a lot happening on the front cover yeah. um top <laughs> corner it says 50 still only 50 pence um <laughs> bar- bargain packed with facts it says exclamation mark and I'm gonna I'm pointing out the exclamation mark here. Then it says, "Strike it lucky!" Exclamation mark. <laughs> we, repla- we reveal the place for goals and the top scorers! Exclamation mark. <laughs> and that section includes a partial photograph of the Oldham Athletic team. Um, so, as I say, it's already quite clear that punctuation marks or are, are exclamation marks are, are well thought of. And I, I actually do it too much. I think <laughs> on my my social media. I, I don't do it for shouting, I think I just do it for sort of stressing a point or something like that. Whereas some people say, What are you shouting at? Yeah. See I'm not Well, um, to quote the late great Terry Pratchett,
3: three exclamation marks sure sign of a madman.
0: <laughs> what well, before? Oh it's that's four, even okay. no, that's that's
3: instant that's like yeah. mass murder.
0: Okay. So it says loads of money leads exclamation mark. Yep. <laughs> Wilco throws down the gauntlet to the gunners, exclamation mark.
3: And and a nice use of inverted commas for the gunners as well, just in case you didn't know that wasn't their proper name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So exclusive club-by-club guide to Division 2, no exclamation mark there, so they're not too, you know, excited about that. Uh, The informer, exclamation mark. All the transfer talk on the street exclamation mark.
3: I don't know if you've noticed, they've even got a nice wee one. So on the left-hand side, there's a Match review review advert. Yeah. And pull out and collect series! exclamation mark. Just a, <laughs> a little tiny one, just in case you didn't see
0: it. See, I was just thinking, because, I mean, you won't know this, but the the other popular magazine is called Shoot, mm-hmm. which is sort of where the Shoot the Breeze comes from. Um, And it's Shoot, exclamation mark. So I'm wondering <laughs> if they're maybe, you know, trying to, have a wee bit of, uh, you know, take a wee bit of the, the Mickey here or something <laughs> like that. Or if it's just, they're, they're just trying to stress everything. Um, so the the last thing it shows is FA approved skills series number 12 with Des Walker. So this shows a picture of the actual skills page that will appear within the magazine. Mm-hmm. So as I say, there's a lot going on there, a lot of exclamation marks. So let's have a wee look inside, shall we? One uh, other thing
3: I couldn't help noticing, oh, it takes you back. So the price is fifty pence in Britain, yeah. two dollars seventy five in Singapore, two hundred pesetas in Spain because the euro didn't exist, two dollars fifty in the US. Can you imagine? imagine so it's fifty p over here, and it's two bucks fifty in the states. That's more than a tank of gas, and three Deutschmarks, marks fifty pence.
0: I'm just going to pull you up there. You said bucks and gas. I
3: know.
0: Yeah. What's happened to you? I've,
3: I've, I've gone dead Hollywood. Have you been over? No, <laughs> well, I I have been in the states once yeah. in uh, '95 because my cousin was at university there for a year, so we went to um, Greensboro in North Carolina, which is where he was at uni, uh, studying sports science actually. Because mm-hmm. um, he was really into football, I'm going to out myself just now. I don't, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know much about football. Uh, I know what I like, um, so I don't really know a lot about football. But he was like massively into football. He was yeah. a massive Liverpool fan. And he studied sports science and is now a, a PE teacher. Right. Um, so we went to Greensboro, site of the worst Ku Klux ma- Klan massacre in the whole of the state.
1: See,
0: More
3: people were killed boring. at one time by the Ku Klux Klan there than anywhere else. was great.
0: It's some history they've got, isn't it? Make, oh. make America great again, back like back then. Eh? Aye. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I've, sorry, I, I've just pulled you up by using Americanisms after I've said how crap my American accent was, so I, I apologize for that. Um, I can do
3: it in an American accent if you like. Go, it for, it. Right. Go for it. It's like $2.50. That's like 2 bucks 50 That's two like fidi. more. 2 dollars two I don't know
0: where you're from. I'm, I'm from uh, the ghetto. The ghetto, the ghetto, say, of, yeah. the ghetto of Glasgow. In <laughs> 2 fidi. <laughs> okay, so, so we're going to miss out the, the, the first thing um, Oh, thank God. A I didn't even understand
3: that. Yeah. like a score chart and I was just looking at it going, I don't even know what that
1: means.
3: Yeah. There's all stuff. It says... That, so it says draws, right? Mm-hmm. Results zero zero, div one thirty one, div two forty seven. So it's not even telling you what teams have won or lost things. It's just telling you how many of them have lost by yeah. a certain amount.
0: Well, actually, it's sort of I, I haven't really focused on this much, but it does come back to something I'll talk about later on to do uh. with the the rise of stats uh. um, because before before this sort of period, it was just interviews, um, things like that. But then. You know, it starts coming into this whole statistics and not quite average goals. Like, so now you've got expected goals and things like that, which I, I don't really get my head... I could get my head around if I could be bothered, but yeah. I just look at it and go, I'll leave somebody else to come to the conclusion <laughs> from that. So we'll, 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 we'll go past that and move on to page four, okay. which is yeah. it's an advert, um, just but the Match Magazine binder. Aww. So keep your copies of match Neat and tidy with a super binder Bonded in red paper coat With gold lettering They hold up to 26 copies each So there's a form that you can fill in Cut out and send away And it's £4.95 per binder So with 26 copies you 52 weekly magazines um, You'd need two of those So let's say £9.90 Call it a tenner for the binders Fifty pence a magazine, twenty six over the twenty six pound over the the year. So that's thirty six pound for the magazines and the binders, which it's not particularly cheap if you're a. You not know, in
3: nineteen ninety one. It's not.
0: Me. But I, I must admit the the binders do look. I've. as I've, that over the years I've, I've reacquired my collections and things. Sometimes they've came in binders, and I think I've got a couple of the match ones, but I've got a bunch of shoot binders, and they look just exactly the same. So. <laughs> I'm surprised they've not put a exclamation mark on it. So,
3: <laughs> one man somewhere was like, "Do you know what we should do? We should just make binders." It's kind of like, "Sorry, I'm going off topic again." Um, I was trying to find acoustic foam at some point, right? And I I asked a friend, I asked on Facebook actually, where would I get foam? And somebody went, "Oh, go to the foam shop." <laughs> and there's a shop in Glasgow and it sells foam. And I was like, "What kind of foam?" And they went, "All the foam." So and I, I went and sure enough bedding foam like upholstery foam acoustic foam like I I was expecting squishy cream foam everything they just sell all the foams and I feel like whoever was making those binders the fact they all look the same is one person went do you know what we should make magazine binders who for everyone it's the same binder we just change the name and somebody somewhere is sitting on like millions of pounds made (laughs) entirely out of binder spend it, it,
0: it comes back to... It, all that always reminds me of a Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where he's he's got the umbrella and he's just saying... I'm sure it was Cocktail. <laughs> but he was saying, there's somebody somewhere who's like a millionaire, a billionaire, <laughs> because he's came up with the idea of making these cocktail sticks with <laughs> an umbrella on them. <laughs> and it's like, that's true. It's like little things you don't even think about. <laughs> you know, somebody must making an absolute fortune of them.
3: Absolutely. But
0: but I love the, the idea of this foam shop thing that, you know, for an upside, what would you sell? Foam.
3: Yeah.
0: What sort of foam? All sorts of foam.
3: Well, what made me, what made me really laugh was I was going, at what point did they go, do you know, I've spotted a niche in the market? <laughs> Nobody is fulfilling foam needs. <laughs> we could be that foam person. Yeah. And then off they went and created the foam shop.
0: I could see them, I could see an advert. For the foam shop on something like Chewing the Fat. <laughs> you know, they're doing an advert for that. So <laughs> did you manage to get your foam needs from foam shop? I did
3: not, but do you know where I ended up getting it?
0: The foam centre?
3: No. Yeah. From the booth at the Mitchell Theatre. They were stripping it out. Right. And Graham Shand, who was the technician, who was the technician when we were there as oh, well. Is that right? um, I knew him because I helped this guy that builds theatre sets. Yeah. Or um, he's retired now. Um, and Graham Shan said, oh, I'm throwing out all this. They'd stripped it all out, and he was like, I'm throwing out all this acoustic foam. You can have it if you want. And I ended up with all this really ancient nicotine-stained honking foam did
0: you just take everything that was available yeah or? I yeah. filled
3: my car up with this <laughs> foam and brought it home and then I've been giving it away to people for years and uh, the mice have used it it's in the garage now and the mice have made some beds out of it and stuff it's good but it, it, yeah I ended up with all the, the kind of pointy acoustic foam Full out of the back like, to the I Mitchell theatre I know, Theater, I know. Yeah. it all goes back to that because I don't know anything about football
0: and I'm trying to distract you. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. There's, there's, there's plenty of distractions that we can do from here. So looking at pages four and five here, we have the informer. So match brings all the latest transfer moves and the latest gossip. So this section brings a day-to-day breakdown of all the news and rumours. So starting on Thursday the 6th of June, and Liverpool demand £750,000 compensation from French champions Marseille if Kenny Douglas moves there. And that's, I think that's his manager at the time. I don't know if he was mm. still... Would Kenny Douglas still have been playing at that point, Tom, do you think? Or? No,
3: So he would have just
0: been just manager. Oh, That's
3: the only bit I remember, because my cousin, like I said, was obsessed with Liverpool, so I yeah. knew that Kenny Douglas was a Liverpool guy. That's mm. the only thing I know. That's, I've used it. So you <sighs> don't need
0: to check up there, Tom. We have definitive uh, yeah, totally confirmation there. So Diego Maradona puts four sports cars up for sale for a combined £600,000. The two Ferraris, Rolls Royce, and BMW were left behind in Italy when Maradona quit the country following allegations of drug abuse. Yeah, that's that's some midnight flit, that isn't it? (laughs) Leaving, you know, two Ferraris, a Rolls Royce, and a BMW.
1: Um,
0: Birmingham City have offered Lou Macari a three-year contract worth two hundred thousand pound. It matches the deal Stoke are dangling in front of Macari to try and lure him away. Um, Now. Lou McCary had already managed Birmingham City for five months and he led them to victory in the 1991 Leyland Daff Cup Final. Do we call it Daff or do we call it DAF? call it Daff? DAF? How
3: is it? I seem to remember it being Leyland Daff when yeah. I kind of heard it on the... Yeah. You know, because you used to always hear the scores at the end of the news mm. kind of
0: thing. I think Leyland Daff is probably the right thing, so Cup Final. However, he opted to move to Stoke where he spent the next couple of seasons. Um, Joe Jordan is set to succeed Chris Nichols as a new Southampton boss. Uh, Joe Jordan, at the time, was the manager of Hearts, and he stayed there until 1993, so that didn't materialise. So we're on to Saturday, the 8th of June, and Kenny O'Gleish's two million pound move to Marseille. I think it's went up now. It was seven hundred fifty thousand. So the two million pound move to Marseille is in danger of collapsed after it was revealed that Roy Atkinson. Ron Atkinson even and Terry Venables have both been approached about the job. Yeah.
3: Setting them all against each other. That's that's mean spirited. Yeah, Mercy. I mean
0: t- to be fair, I mean I can see it with, with Terry Venables, but <laughs> maybe not so much Ron. <laughs> um Liam Brady emerges as the early favourite to fill the vacant manager position at Celtic. And as a spoiler, Liam Brady replaced Billy McNeil as Celtic manager on the nineteenth of June. So this magazine is actually the 22nd of June, so usually what happens is they would come out on the, th- with like the Thursday before the Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the 22nd will be the Saturday, so it will come out on the 20th or something like that. So by the time this magazine was out, Lou Macari had actually joined Celtic, so oh, yes. that bit they got right, um, but I think there's a couple other um, bits later on where they're still going on about the Celtic job. <laughs> um Liam Brady spent a very unsuccessful two years at Celtic failing to win a single trophy. And Timoslav Ivic took over as a Marseille manager um, his 17th managerial appointment. So no, Kenny Dalglish, Ron Ackerson and Terry Venables for Marseille didn't happen. Um, Tomislav Ivic took that over. Sunday the 9th of June, West Ham United have a £1 million offer for West Brom striker Don Goodman Turned down Albion manager Bobby Gold Says I haven't had One decent offer So far for Don I
3: mean a million Sign's a not a, a bad pretty offer pretty. Um,
0: And as a, as a Spoiler <laughs> Don would sign For Sunderland That year Becoming the record Signing for 1.09 million <laughs> So he was Hoding out For that 90,000 <laughs> Yeah He also had a spell At Motherwell In 1999 Initially on loan Before signing permanently where he played Until 2001 and he played 55 league games and scored nine goals um, news which I was quite surprised by was Real Madrid a poised to move for Derby's Dean Saunders mm-hmm. um, I, I don't remember anything about that Dean Saunders who famously there's a, a team photo of him mm-hmm. and he's sat at the front and he's showing a little bit of his willy
1: <laughs> and so this this was
0: published in all the magazines as well um, <laughs> Which is, the, the other one was uh, Kenny Burns who did that as well. So there's a there's a, there's a photograph of Kenny Burns who used to play for Nottingham Forest and he's kneeling down uh, and his shorts open a bit and yeah. I think it's a, a bit of his bollock they can see. Oh, but
3: the,
0: kind of poking out the hole. But the thing is, the, the, there's, so there's there's that one photograph but then there's other publications with the same photograph but it's obviously been aired out. <laughs> So rather than just just don't use that, I said, Well let's let's do that. So th- there have been a, a few instances of that. Oh, it's um, like that
3: episode of Friends with like um Phoebe's boyfriend that always you know, the mouse is always poking out the hole and eventually Gunther has to speak to him. <laughs> but I w- it's I wonder, exactly the same. I,
0: I, I, <laughs> but I wonder if like I so said with Kenny, I don't, I, I think it was probably just accidental, but yeah. with Dean Saunders, you know, that it's like it's the, the man spreading thing as well, and I mm. think, yeah, it's probably there's probably a wee bit of this well, to that.
3: I wonder, perhaps, because I suppose professional footballers will be the same as any other, like you know, profession. At some point, they must all cross paths quite a lot, and I wonder mm. if it became like a game to yeah. see whether or not you could sort of let a little bit show. I,
0: I think maybe they're trying to do it because there was a Queens Park Rangers um, photograph from years ago, and I think it was it was uh, Simon Stainrod and somebody else, and they they sat at the front and. You just look at the photograph and it's like there's nothing wrong with it until you actually look at the two of them and basically he has his hand on the guy's knee beside him and the guy beside him has his knee hand on his knee so it's crossed over. Mm-hmm. But unless you look, it just looks totally normal as if yeah. people are sitting with their, <laughs> their hands on their knees. So they, they must be coming up with things like that to try and say, how can we get this past the... There's only g- so
3: many times you can all sit side by side trying to look impressively footballery.
0: Hi. Well, I don't, it's, it's, the the best the best one is um, I love it when when they do try and change it. They, anybody that follows on Twitter will know the Queens Park. So we've talked about Queens Park Rangers, but there's uh-huh. a classic Queens Park one from um, I'll say mid nineties, early nineties, mid nineties, and they're side on, uh-huh. all lined up, but suspiciously close to each other. <laughs> But they've also they've also just got their hands down by their side like that, and they're looking, and and it's like it's the most uncomfortable thing you've ever seen in your life. Although one or two of them look quite happy, <laughs> um, but that's that's quite a classic team photo. Um, back to this, so Celtic have tabled a bid for one million pounds for Hull striker Andy Payton. Now, as a spoiler, Andy would eventually moved to Celtic the following year, in August 1992, where he spent just over a year playing 36 league games, scoring 15 goals. So, I mean, that's a pretty decent return, I guess. Mm. Um, Monday the 10th of June, the latest club to join in the hunt for Ray Hartford, our Scottish giant Celtic. Andy Gray is ready to accept the job as Ron Atkinson's number two at Aston Villa. Oh, but um, he went
3: on to be a famous comedian instead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you have got any opinions, Andy.
3: (laughs) <laughs> uh, Andy Gray. The I'm actually thinking of. Am I, oh I, right, you're I, thinking, thinking of the Scottish, the Scottish. Right, I, right, yeah, I, yeah, I was mocking my lack. Well, of in fact knowledge. they're both Scottish, I guess. Is, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I don't have any opinions on Andy Gray, the footballer that nearly became Ron Atkinson's number two because I don't know who he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, well, you know that much. You know that much. That <laughs> it sounds
3: dead convincing. See, yeah, it makes it. me sound like I'm dead knowledgeable. Mm-hmm.
0: Tuesday, the 11th of June. So, Leeds United are poised to sign Chelsea's Gordon Jury and well we know that never happened um, Sheffield United boss Dave Bassett is set to make a shock £850,000 swoop for Hearts Scottish international Dave McPherson and Joe Jordan is the latest manager to be linked with the vacant position at Celtic I mean the fact that we already know that Leon Brady was there but um, I th- so Joe Jordan was Hearts at the time as we said so he's getting linked with a few places um so Real Madrid tables an offer of three and a half million for Derby striker Dean Sonder. There's a lot
2: of, sort of football language there, poised to sign,
0: yeah.
2: tabled an offer, swoop. With, swoop. Swoop. swoop, yeah, swooped. It's, it, I'm going to use a lot of
0: that lot to try and f- sound more convincing.
3: football language football. that you don't
2: hear in other... It is, yeah. Sort of uh, the sort of words like uh, like the Daily Record we use, like they would call tickets briefs. Yes. Like mm. you would never hear the b- tickets. Even the uh, uh, briefs.
3: Excuse me, I've lost my briefs. All <laughs> <Like>, oh, right, sorry, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not sure
0: how I can I've, help I've, you. I've, I've gone to see um, Beyonce, and I've I've just got a couple of briefs for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but the other one we've used it, or the the guests have used it in a few the the shows is camaraderie. Camaraderie. You, d- yeah. you don't hear that outside of football. It, yeah. you know. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, carpeted by the beaks
2: <laughs> is, is, is another yeah. one. The, the Daily Record, yeah, <laughs> and it's ilk fond of
3: uh, mm. I, I, I genuinely don't. I see to me carpeted by the briefs. No, carpeted, carpeted by, the
2: beaks, by the
3: beaks. I assume is getting yelled at by a judge. Uh,
2: yeah, kind of. It's like the 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 official the SFA fining someone or oh,
3: spending the money. Like an actual judge. You know, like
2: somebody yeah. or yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. those in charge. Right. But uh, to be fair piece. though, you could as long as you say it with enough, you know, conviction, captured by the the briefs. It's
3: literally all I do for a living. Uh, I just uh, make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. It's the sort of
0: thing Michael Owen or um, Steve McMahon would I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, say. <laughs> is, Yeah, it's by the briefs. And it would be like they say, right, nobody nobody say anything, just like oh you'd say fletch quite a bit as well, wouldn't he? It's captive <laughs> by the, the briefs, fletch. I said, that's as good as my American accent. Um, we'll leave that I there. that was an accent. <laughs> right, we'll cut that bit out. That's getting cut. I don't care. It's not getting cut, is it? <laughs> no, nah, okay. Right, Wednesday, the 12th of June, George Graham of Arsenal makes a three and a half million pound bid for Swedish international Jonas Tern. So, just a wee bit of spoiler here. Jonas was at Benfica at the time, but he'd moved to Italy in 92 with Napoli and then on to Roma, where he would spend a couple of seasons. After this, um, he went to Rangers, and he played 23 league games and scored five goals, one of which, I remember, was quite a screamer against Celtic. Um, Ian Porterfield is a new Chelsea boss, signing a three-year contract with a low basic wage and huge bonuses linked to success. Yeah, well, and, yeah He's but... got a
1: huge
0: bonus. <laughs> so, the spoiler was... Porterfield was assistant at Chelsea to Bobby Campbell before this and helped them return to the First Division. Uh, season 91 to 92 was uneventful, but they managed to stay in the First Division, therefore making sure they were in the Premier League in its inaugural season. So this 91 was the season before the Premier, the English Premier League um, began. Oh, so, so they made sure that they, they were in there that year. Mm. So the first season, they started off that season very well, but the form had disappeared by Christmas and then he was sacked in February 1993. Oh. So it doesn't sound as though well he made too much money from from that no. contract. Um, but um, So I'm just going to a quick run through of Ian Porterfield. Um, I'll just put that on mute because I think there's a little ding there from my computer. I did hear a bang. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian Porterfield, his name's actually John Ian Porterfield, and he was a midfielder. He was born in February 1946, and he died in September 2007, age 61. And he was born in Dunfermline, and his playing career started with Cowdenbeath, where he had a trial. And he then moved to Wraith Rovers between 64 and 67, playing 117 league games and scoring 17 goals. He moved from there to Sunderland in 67 and he was there for 10 years. And he played 230 appearances in the league and scored 17 goals again. Um, Moved to Reading on loan in 1976, so just before the end of his Sunderland career there. Uh, Moved to Sheffield Wednesday between 77 and 79, playing 106 league games and scoring three goals. Uh, he's, He's had quite a managerial career as well. He started at Rotherham United, moved to Sheffield United, five years there. They then was at Aberdeen between 86 and 88. Um, I think he took over from Alex Ferguson, if I, if I remember right. And he moved to Reading between 89 and 91. Chelsea managed for two years in 91, between 91 and 93. He then managed Zambia, so a bit of a jump there. Zimbabwe, uh, Oman. Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so th- those are all international teams. They then went to Ghana and managed Kumasi ante Asante Kotoko. Kumasi We're Asante Kotoko. Oh, I, I was getting there. Kumasi Asante Kotoko. That's
1: yeah.
0: impressive. It's, it's, it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one is South Korea. So yeah. Busan e-park. I'm assuming that's an, an I and not an L, because yeah. So and then he finished his uh, managerial career with Armenia. So he's you know he's, he's went through quite a, a few different teams here, both at national and international level. Um, as for him, he scored the winner at Wembley in the 1973 FA Cup final for Sunderland in a one 0 win over Leeds United. He was also inducted into the Raith Rovers Hall of Fame. In 2018 I'd be surprised if he wasn't in the Sunderland Hall of Fame Just for that very goal um, But I know that there is a pub called the Porterfield Which is named in his honour in, Sunder- in Sunderland mm. um, But the Hall of Fame would be nice as yeah, well um, He won the third division as manager of Rotherham United Won the fourth division in his first season with Sheffield United As I say, he was appointed manager um eighty six After Alex Ferguson left for Man United at Aberdeen he didn't win any trophies while at Aberdeen, but got to a Scottish Cup final and qualified for Europe twice. And, was as we've already said, he was assistant to Billy Campbell at Chelsea and helped them win promotion to the First Division. Uh, he was given the task of rebuilding, after he's, he left um, Chelsea, he was given the task of rebuilding the Zambian team following a tragic air crash in '93 that claimed the lives of many of the nation's most gifted players. And he finished second at the 94 African Nations Cup. So that's, you know, a sad story, but he's, he's, um, you know, it's quite, done quite well there. Mm -hmm. He won the Caribbean Cup with the Trinidad and Tobago team in 2001. He won the Korean Cup with that Busan E-Park. And as I say, he died in 2007 of colon cancer. Mm -hmm. So Ian Porterfield um, didn't, you know, at this point um, with Chelsea... Well, it didn't really quite work out for him, um, but he had plenty plenty happening after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan Golac, the former Southampton and Yugoslav defender, is interviewed by Celtic for the vacant manager's job, along with Liam Brady and Frank Stapleton. Celtic's man- caretaker, um, it says Celtic's caretaker manager Joe Jordan misses out on the job, but I thought Joe Jordan was at hearts at this point.
3: I don't know, but they've made quite a thing of Joe Jordan because they've got a big picture of him up at the top of the page, mm. saying Joe Jordan loses out on both the Celtic and Southampton jobs, which is a bit churlish.
2: Caretaker at
0: some point. So I, so I must have mess, messed up then with them saying it was Hearts at the time. So I apologise for that for all your Hearts fans screaming at your podcast at the moment.
3: Um, I also feel like the people at match maybe had it in for him a wee bit because they've, they've used a picture of him where he's obviously looking into the sun <laughs> so his eyes are like really squinted and he's not smiling, he's kind of grimacing.
0: I mean, you got to remember the,
3: the, Celtic the, man- the Celtic
0: manager was already decided by this point so so this had absolute, <laughs> that photograph had absolutely no saying it.
3: I know, but I just feel like they're kind of going oh, Joe Jordan, <laughs> look, he's, he's, nothing's he thought, happening He thought he was he getting he
0: it. He, was he thought he getting um, it. So Ivan Golach, who obviously he was... Uh, uh, Dundee United manager and won the, the Scottish Cup with them um, for the first time in their history um, so Man United completed the signing of Danish international goalkeeper Peter Schmeichel for £750,000 Peter Schmeichel I, I totally um, know that name. As, as, um, as some people who know me will know that I I had, for some reason I had a very big dislike for Peter Schmeichel Um in
3: is it because you have to say shh at
0: the start of the game? Schmier Schmier his goalkeeper is style, I think. Like, uh, well, I, I don't, I don't is. know what it was. I think it was his uh, his arrogance and just the, the way that he acted. But it's funny because since he retired, I've absolutely changed my opinion on him. Uh, you know, I, I maybe I thought he was overrated and I didn't like that side of things. It He it it just rubbed me up the wrong way and I think I, I couldn't see how good he was as a player yeah. but since he's retired and you know I've, I've heard him speak and he comes across really well and interviews and when he's doing the, the show you know the the studio work and things like that and even looking back and he's goalkeeping I'm like yeah I, I was wrong I was mm-hmm. wrong too it was a personal thing rather than a mm. standing back and saying okay I don't like him but by God what a goalkeeper
3: it takes a bigger man to admit that though, and Definitely. and you can just sometimes get take like a really personal dislike to mm. someone and it doesn't matter what do, Does do. it? Does
0: it work though if you do it right, right after at the end of stuff when right? Okay, he's no longer on the screen to annoy me as a footballer, so eh, he's all right. right? <laughs> or, and, I mean,
3: like if, if it works for you, and I'm not sure how much it was affecting Peter Schmeichel. I um, think he
0: was—he was pretty down. So uh, and right. in his memoirs, he does a couple of pages devoted to how how my opinion mattered to him.
3: Then I, that's why I I really respect <laughs> you for admitting that you were wrong
0: now. Yeah, well, I, I, I do feel the bigger man. So that's that's <laughs> the main thing from that. So, Piers Michael, seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and you know, at the time, seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds—a lot of money. But
3: it's a lot of money now.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's like it's always it's been a apart from Van de Sar. Um, and um, to, care, to a degree it's been a problem position for Man United do you think that would be that would be fair saying that through the years
3: You're clearly directing that at Tom because I'm like yeah that just sounds yeah, like but the, Tom's the just shaking difference. his head and, like, yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs>
2: yeah I mean I think Barthez acquitted himself you think? well in places but I, I think that the general perception is they failed to replace Schmeichel up until van der Sar mm-hmm. come in yeah. Uh, but yeah and then De Hoya, uh, coming in after.
0: In I after. mean, I, I think Schmeichel has set the standard. I mean, that's what happens at clubs, isn't it? You get these players in and that's the standard and that's what, you know, they have to be the new Schmeichel. And, but, you know, Peter Schmeichel, 750000 We'll buy him. Okay, we've got him. Thursday the 13th of June and Sunderland are planning a £500,000 bid for Hearts winger John Colquhoun. Um, so just on that John moved to Sunderland The following summer But he'd already Moved to Millwall So he moved to Millwall And then he moved to Sunderland The following summer um, And Sunderland paid £220,000
2: you've, you've jumped over A glorious wee know, bit I here And I spot as well right, okay. Ron
3: Atkinson's wife denies That she henpecked him Into quitting Sheffield Where he wants No that's, that's really balanced Well done match. I don't feel remotely Any misogyny in there Whatsoever
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why I went and missed that one out.
3: <laughs> I can read, you know. I can see <laughs> it. It's the second one down, just after Nottingham Forest talking about Dean Saunders again. Again, yeah, it's another again. day,
2: another club linked mm. with Dean Saunders.
0: I think they, they've basically they've was got Dean the-
3: Saunders made a chocolate or something. And he's <laughs> like, oh, I love Dean Saunders. He's dead sexy. We should get him.
0: It's probably maybe that they'd seen that photograph and it's like, oh, yeah. we well, need him in the dressing room
3: I know but to be, well, that's, that's a valid point to be fair um, there is also a picture of Steve Hodge on this page and I'm looking at it going I mean the shorts were st- st- studiously short yeah. at this point in time I mean, the gone... the side as well yes. as the shortness <laughs> were
0: <wasn't
3: laughs> enough I mean they're bordering on cami knickers do you know what I mean
0: they're, they're they actually I've seen them shorter than that oh. there's there's um, there's one of Neil Cooper oh There's Neil Cooper when he was at Aston Villa and he has used Shirt not tucked in, right? <laughs> and it it doesn't look as though he's wearing any shorts at all. Maybe he wasn't.
3: Was he popular? Did a lot of people bid for him? Because if so, he probably wasn't wearing I th- shorts. I think when Neil
0: Cooper he had these massive thighs, so maybe he was wearing just <laughs> a pair so of thongs or thighs. something like that. So <laughs> he could he could have got away with that. Um, but yeah, Ron Ackerson. I just get the impression Ron Ackerson wouldn't be henpecked. I'd
3: like, I kind of want to know who Ron Atkinson's wife is, is kind of the point as well, where I'm like, hang hey, on, wait a minute. All right, so we're saying that Ron Atkinson couldn't be henpecked? Could be, by the right <laughs> woman. You don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm, laughs> I'm tiny just, feminist yeah, yeah, hearts no. going, no, wait a minute. She could have henpecked him, but that's not the point. If
0: if it, if it was somebody who could henpeck Ron Atkinson, then, yeah, that, that would be quite brutal. I'm not, I'm not saying Ron Atkinson couldn't be hempecked as in he was a tough that but just with his general you know attitude to things mm-hmm. is, uh, I, I wouldn't think he would I mean, this is absolute supposition here I'm just I'm just shooting the breeze be, shooting the breeze it's so, it's I'm just thinking he he wouldn't choose to be with a woman who was quite what I'm just, I'm just he theorising here Maybe
3: she made him Because maybe go. she was the power behind the throne There we go Maybe she was the one making all the decisions
0: <laughs> just Maybe for she the...
3: was a brilliant football manager And you guys never knew
0: Maybe she's the one that gave on Well, actually um, the, the, There's a bit of history with Ron Atkinson That maybe she wouldn't want associated with But oh dear. that's a different thing Well, he got um, A bit of racism A, a bit, bit of racism bit.
1: Wait,
0: well, A bit of bit. racism
3: Okay,
0: no. A wee touch of the old racism. It, it was a wee smidge of racism, you know. Mm. It was a wee, a wee...
3: It's always nice to see that in football mm. or anywhere. Yeah. That's great.
0: Well, it, it makes the game. It makes uh, the game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it makes
3: the game really unpleasant, which is why I don't really follow it.
0: And, and, and this is exactly why I didn't include this in my notes, <laughs> right? Because it's just taking a turn for the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> right, so... Um, it says oh, I'm glad
3: his wife henpecked him if he was a racist. To be
0: honest, I hope she, I hope she henpecked him a lot. Well, well, we'll check up on that. We'll see how. Well, you I, I,
2: I, I am checking, checking up on it. And uh, the, from the Birmingham Daily Mail, Ron Atkinson's wife swap apology over racist comments. Go on. What? Uh, it's it's a lot to scroll. It's a lot to scroll down. All right.
0: So we'll ju- we we'll just go with the heading there and guess what that could uh, be. I've got to evaluate. Wife I've swap apology. Was he one Wife swap. Yeah, he, he
3: was. Wow (laughs) Okay Well I suppose at least We'll find out who his wife is Because she obviously Ended up with someone else's husband Presumably is that
2: how that works? Yeah. yeah. So football legend Ron Atkinson has apologised again for the racism at the end of his TV career after his wife explained to him exactly what he did wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah! yeah. Sounds <laughs> exactly like the guy. Oh,
3: I'm so proud of that woman. Good uh.
2: The former Aston Villa manager said he's genuinely sorry for his comments after finally realising quite how <laughs> offensive they were. What year was this? Uh, well, 2017 or <laughs> something.
3: Let's
2: grow up, uh, yeah, so his racist comments happened in, what, 2004? Right. So this was 2012. Mm-hmm.
3: Eight yeah. years later and he totally
0: saw the light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bless. I'm not, it's, I'm not it's, at... it's sunk in, it's sunk
2: in. Uh, yeah. But Ron's wife of 27 years, Maggie, raised the subject. So he, wife sorts with Tessa Sanderson. Uh, oh! Uh, Maggie raised the subject with Tessa's boyfriend, former judo champion, uh, Denine White. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, aye. So he told her One of the stereotypes we face is that black people are lazy and work shy That's why people were so offended by what Ron said Because it was reinforcing what people believe about black people Maggie says I've learned something I didn't realise it was about that I thought he was being persecuted for saying just one word But that wasn't the problem I will explain it to
0: Ron So, so, so she you, she wasn't Maggie. aware of the magnitude of what he said Or the context of it Yeah And that was her being educated so, at that time I mean, that that's quite a insular...
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, a bit of me's, like, you know, extrapolating a lot and going, maybe she was just saying that so that she could kind of sort out his career because actually she'd been at home going, Ron, what <laughs> the actual F word were you thinking? Yeah. Surely you can see what's wrong with that. And Ron's going, no, no, why? What what, what did I say? I just... <laughs> what, what did I say? Eight so, years. yeah, maybe she saw this as an opportunity to... Um,
0: Eight years, though.
3: That's... Yeah.
0: Still eventually clicked that's the main thing
3: traditional housewife maggie warns Tessa that ron
2: does not cook clean change a light bulb or eat vegetables <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: he, he does however wear a lot of sovereign rings and oh a, you've yeah, got to love a sovereign um he wears um slip-ons with white socks oh, geez. things like that um grey suits oh my
3: goodness
0: um probably medallions oh and as well. he's permit.
3: tanned chinese very
0: um, what's his name Bob Monkhouse and that shininess.
3: Oh, god, I bet you. Uh, and that's the only that's the only way I'm hair. comparing them yeah. to the Bob
0: Monkhouse, obviously, just mm-hmm. in the shiny stakes.
3: Because Bob would have known if he have been racist, I
0: think. <laughs> yeah. He would have had a couple of wee jokes in that book of his to bring him down, bring him down, right? Anyway, we've
3: kind
0: of gone slightly off topic. I feel. Ron Atkinson, see <laughs> you. Ron! you're the bane of me. <laughs> um, something which. Is a little bit relevant, and obviously we don't want the age of podcast and that. So Celtic have clinched a world record £20 million sponsorship deal with sportswear manufacturers Gola.
2: Now, I, I tried to find that there was a couple of links to prototypes of the Gola Celtic strip, but they were out of, they were out of date online. Mm. Uh, I couldn't find a picture mm. of
0: them. They said the deal will run for seven years. Um £20 million over seven years would have been absolute. Yeah, it says a world record, but Gola weren't that big, were they?
2: No, they had their biggest client was Melchester Rovers, <laughs> I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. So so you yeah, were the Roy the Rovers magazine? I am so, aware of it. Yes. So Gola did that a Melchester Rover strip, and then um, they did a pair of boots in the same mm. colors and things like that so, I didn't know that. so, there was all that. Oh,
3: that is, that's actually quite cool.
0: Mm. So, yeah. I, I've just noted spoiler, this didn't happen. <laughs> um, but I know they've um, Celtic uh, is that official they've been announced with Umbro
2: Adidas? Uh, Adidas sorry, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do we think they're going to have the the <laughs> three stripes <laughs> down the arm? I guess I think that'd look quite good actually. I would. I'd quite well, I like say, see I
2: guess I don't know if uh, are Adidas doing three stripes down the arm for. Teams that do the they're the, doing.
0: I guess they're used to now because the who's it worth is it New Balance at the moment? Yeah. It's broken down there, isn't it? Right. Right sides? It's a big thing with Celtic fans hoops. and the hoops should never be broken. Oh
1: right.
0: Yeah, but um sometimes when the, the kit manufacturers come in, like said currently they've got a white yeah. stripe down underneath the arms so the hoops do get broken.
3: Right. Why um, why is it important that they do? Historical it?
0: it's a it's a tradition. Right. Tradition and just like the the number of hoops and stuff, it's like if you have th- two big hoops or three. Ho- I don't know if two big hoops could be counted as hoops. Really. hoops. <laughs> um, if you had three strike, big hoops, really? there needs to be there needs to be a certain number and things. Which listen, I'm, I'm perfectly on board with all that. It's like you know, tr- tr- as far as we're concerned, my football strips. I th- I like the traditional element to them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, twenty million pounds with Gola didn't work out. Um, I'm just trying to imagine what that might have looked like. Well, how did Gola style their well, Gola were, um, a lot of their stuff had orange in it as well, didn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Orange and yellow um, were with, with the, with the two predominant colours in, in their stuff, so yeah, that might have not worked out that uh, well, uh. might have not worked out that <laughs> well for Celtic. Just like
3: giant
0: bees just around the back? <laughs> well, Celtic had the, famously they called it the bumblebee strip, they had this um, black and yellow, l- yeah. bright yeah. yellow one as well, and that was called the bumblebee. I right. so, right, it
3: wouldn't even look as cool as a bumblebee though if you were like orange and yellow stripes you'd look like a sherbert or something <laughs> just like running about oh, yeah. a sherbert dib dab that's yeah, what
0: they, so they called it it's a, we're doing nostalgia so let's talk about the old they must still be out sherbert dabs I think
3: you can still get a sherbert I don't know if you can have your dib dab in your sherbert is, is a
0: sherbet dib dab the same as a sherbet dip because I always knew them as... So it's well, like no, there the was, licorice yeah in it? Th- So I is think a, a
3: dib-dab was the... I think a dib-dab was the lollipop and a dip was the licorice.
0: So the, the dib-dab was the one was in three packets?
3: Aye, and Aye. you had you had the lollipop and the sherbet and the... Yeah, I think that was the dib-dab Aye. and the dip was the licorice because I hate licorice so I wouldn't eat them.
0: All right. Would you not even open it up and just no. take that out and just no. do it on mass no. and then have some sort of experience?
3: No, don't, experience? no, no, no. Okay. Don't even no no.
0: Okay no. no no Okay, are you going to say something there, Tom?
2: No, I was just going to say before we turn the page, we can turn back to. So you
0: were going to say something?
2: <laughs> I wasn't going to say something about share, but dab Dabs, So though you can buy them online for round about three pounds. Uh, shoot the breeze dot, pod, dot. Well, pod. this is the thing. These are the sponsorship deals we should be on. She uh, had the dib-dab uh, spangles I'll, I'll leave you to it,
3: man <laughs> <gasps> I loved a spangle Oh, I wish they would bring back Pacers That's the one that I still really mm. miss to this day
0: Yeah, once again we're going for the Peter K. demographic here well, it was just the stuff. I can't
3: help it. I loved Sweeties <laughs> I'm not going to lie That's why I always felt like the fat one at GSYT GSYT, we're
2: um, back, we're back there
3: I know, it's because uh-huh. it's, it's, it's such Because I literally, I don't know if I've ever clapped eyes on you Since nope. you left nope. GSYT so it's like very much unless you've front. seen me on a view from the terrace well of course I have. Yeah. I'm saying that I mean I've been in a view from the terrace but the only person I've seen is the one I was that I've in. in. Well. I was in it as
0: well
1: I
3: know mm. Mm. Um, but I know but I've, I felt like I had to admit that I'm not like a, an avid viewer although the guys are amazing and it's what a great show I think they do a really good job yeah. so like all up to the view from the terrace guys because it is brilliant yeah. but legitimately, I, I've only seen the ones that I was in, and that's because I went to the party to watch it, <laughs> and find out if it had turned out okay. But
2: you've got quite a few football connections so Karen, as well. I've, I've become of kind
3: you. of the, the, the documentarian voiceover for Scottish football as, as a woman, which is, is unusual. <laughs> um, fortunately, I'm I'm quite, I'm reasonably good at sight reading, and I'm not bad at guessing pronunciations, so I've got away with it so far.
2: But you did the documentary for the Scotland women's football
3: Yeah, yeah and the, so I don't know. Uh, the thing about voice and documentaries is it can be kind of weird when you go to do it. They don't show you the documentary first, right? So you only see the bits where you talk. So and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. So I was dead excited and very nervous. And they handed me all this, all these pages, and then they sort of show you just the bit as it's coming up to where you're going to speak, and then you speak, and they go, "Oh no, it's too long." And so you go back and you do it again. You do it a bit faster, and and then you get to the end of the documentary, and you don't know what the documentary's about. Mm. You you don't know what happened in between times. So when I watched that, I was like, oh, if I'd realised that was what it was going to be like, I would have said it dead different. But then they updated it because obviously the documentary was all about the build up to go into the World Cup, yeah. which what and and see when I watched it, I I was dead patriotic. I went, oh William Wallace, I was like, oh come on, women, ladies. Um, and then they updated it after the World Cup When obviously it didn't work out quite the way we'd hoped um, It worked out in a very Scottish way, mm-hmm. I think um, And then they all fell out with each other, it turns out as well I didn't know that either until I voiced the documentary um, But I had to try and match it to the way I had done it the first time And I was like, but it's totally wrong Because now <laughs> I understand what I'm saying So it was really weird But um, but it was yeah, I mean, what an amazing story. All these women who who are like not even professional footballers, a lot of them. They're still working full time and then training and I mean, amazing stuff. And then I also voiced a documentary about off the ball, um, which again I had never listened to. <laughs> but I was like, I can't I can't get caught again. So I had to ask if they would let me win. Really oh, it was it was brilliant. I mean, it was a fascinating documentary mm. and I loved it. But I had to beg to let them what wo- to <laughs> let them To get them to let me watch it, sorry. That was seven times I had to say that, and I failed every (laughs) time. I had to beg them to let me watch it the night before so I understood what was happening in between the bits where I spoke. That's my two stories about football.
2: You've also been in an award-winning short film about football.
3: I have, indeed. Dimmock, Portrait of an Artist... Uh, directed Written by And generally Put together by An incredible person um, A really creative man uh, I don't right, know, if okay, you know well, Just jump Just jump to me. Uh, Tom Tom made, <laughs> this one. Tom made this one And uh, I played uh, The wife of Dimmock And Dimmock was played By Raymond Mearns, Who is a, a Stand up comedian um, Lovely very funny guy Who never ever remembers That we've met Every time <laughs> we meet He introduces himself to me And I'm like I've been your wife twice <laughs> But hi <laughs> um, So yeah
2: So I, basically involves you shouting a lot of abuse
3: I know but the then terrace. see when I was leaving I swear to God so I, I had to just scream like filthy abuse at the referee from the terrace and was, it, was this scripted? Or did no, you know, no it I wasn't just did, Well it was kind of scripted but the gist of it was just keep screaming anything you can think of after <laughs> a certain point point. and I've got quite my projection's not bad I, I feel like I can I can put my hand up to that so I was screaming just litanies of filth at the top of my lungs and then left the ground and somebody was coming in and I swear they were coming in to go who the f- is <laughs> yelling all that stuff and I was like thanks very much bye <laughs> just going out going like oh butter wouldn't melt cheerio <laughs> yeah and to this day I'm like the, the woman at that ground is probably going who was that Screaming that, and you'd have been like, It was that woman, go, no, <laughs> no, she was different, she was dead nice. Thanks, you've been awful kind, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, have a good day, bye. Switch it on and
0: switch it All off. Right. Right.
2: So, but you're, you're now best known, Karen, for Officer Karen from yes, Scott Squad.
3: That's true, well, best known, I think that is loose. I'm best yeah. known to a very specific demographic of people who watch Scott Squad. So, anybody bit,
2: tell us a wee bit about, about your role in Scott Squad. Or? Can I I ask
0: a question first?
3: Of course.
0: The name, Officer Karen. Yes. Is uh, Why?
3: I don't know. Um, The honest truth is, when we... So, when we started to shot the pilot, what had happened was I'd already played um, in what they call a taster Mm tape. So before they make a pilot, they make a little five, ten minute version to uh, kind of demonstrate the concept. Yeah. Um, and I had been in that as a generic police officer um, along with a guy called Liam Hughes who is a really good friend of mine and we played two officers just dealing with a random thing. Um, and then we auditioned for the pilot and at my audition Darren Connell was also at my audition um, and I thought he was hilarious. I thought it was incredible. Mm. It was so funny. He did this whole thing about he'd kicked a duck up the bum and he wasn't even sorry. It was just really, really <laughs> surreal. It was very funny. And... Um, So, I got cast, and I was like, amazing, and I was going to be called Annie. My name was Annie Miller. And then at some point it changed to Karen. And I I genuinely don't know what prompted the change. I think words that have a K in them are inherently a bit funnier. I I, I mean, a tiny bit of me went, are they maybe worried that Darren will forget what my name is? (laughs) So they'll just call me Karen, it'll make it easier. I don't know, um... But it stuck. And then I also I was doing a play right about that point and I was playing somebody called Karen in that as well. So <laughs> I am just I only play Karen's now. Um but yeah, uh that's that's how I came to be called. Um so I'm now sergeant Karen Ann Miller. But I get obviously get called Officer Karen and I am the desk sergeant, come a uh, custody sergeant. Mm. Uh, cu- I'm a whole variety. I mean, there's a lot of jobs all mushed into the one job because I'm the only person that's indoors all the time. So they're like, just anything, sales, that'll do. Mm. Um, and I am a long suffering custody, a long suffering sergeant, stuck in a police office. No one knows why, the mysterious reason why I'm not allowed out. And I have a persistent caller called Bobby. Muir, who comes into the station requiring assistance with a variety of increasingly silly props and costumes um, and uh, I I
0: deal with him um, and is, it, is all that is any of that just ad-libbed or is it all scripted? Well?
3: Not the props and costumes, mm. they usually figured that out in advance <laughs> um, it's mostly, the, the way the show is made is it's kind of improvised from scenarios, so in the first series the scenarios were generally were quite Slender, mm. um, because everybody was trying to get the hang of how it would work, um, and we shoot probably thirty or forty scenarios, and maybe six of them make it into the show, plus another six turn into a montage kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, and and because improv is a very different way of working, and sometimes it's just not funny. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you do it, and it's just not funny. Mm. Um, I was saying this to someone recently. The end of the, se- I think it was the second series the last thing we did was Bobby was coming in to report a hate crime and the hate crime would turn out to be that someone had called him Specky when he was at primary school, right? But I was working um, with the Scottish Consortium for Learning Disabilities at this point, doing a lot of forum theatre on the subject of hate crime. So I had spoken to the police hate crime coordinator for the whole of Scotland and the Scottish police had uh, the policy on hate crime was if you report a hate crime, we investigate it as a hate crime right up until the point that we find out it's not. So, like, there's no question in why you're as- you've are you reported mm. it. None of that. We're just going to treat it and we will... Because, obviously, it's, it's a really important thing, especially for disabled people, you yeah. know, and it's very difficult. So there was none of this, well, I mean, was it really a hate crime? Are you just being a bit soft, you know? So we, we started doing this scenario and literally I was just... I was like, I can't do anything else because I've just spoke to this guy. So I just took a report. And, it, and we shot about six minutes of me just taking a complaint. And that was the last thing we shot for the whole series. And as we ended the scene, Noddy went, so, we're making a drama. <laughs> and then I went home and finished working on the show. And I was like, I'm, that's, I'm fired. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry for swearing, but I was like, I'm so fucking fired. I'm fired. This is it. It's all over. Um. So, yeah, it's... It, Some of them are, are, you know, it just depends because sometimes you're just in a weird mood and nothing, Mm. you can't think anything to say, or or the scenario's just a bit odd and doesn't fit the characters that are working on it. So, um, but they've got a lot more, there's a lot more in them now because Joe, the writer, and Rab, who's the head of the comedy unit, and Noddy, they all work on it a lot along Mm. with Chris Grady and um, Bryce, and, and, you know, everybody, there's loads of contributors. Um, and they've now that they've got a handle on who we all are in the show, the, 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 it's easier to write a scenario where you can go, right? So what will probably happen is he'll come in and he'll yeah. say that kind of stuff. And then you would try and explain to him why that's crazy, but mm. without using the word crazy. And then he would say, thanks, Officer Karen, and bang in at the door. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're a lot more fleshed out now, but um, it's it's a fab, I love working on it and I love the way we work because we work so fast and you're working so constantly and what's weird is when I now go into sets for other things that have scripts, you're just like, why is this taking so long? I've been here for a month and nothing's happened because they're setting up lights and setting up shots and then doing reverses and um, so I was up in Glencoe at Christmas, um, New Year rather, uh, doing this uh, film that a friend of mine's making. And I was on set for eight hours, and literally the first time the camera was pointing at my face was at almost five o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just like, I've been here forever. I'm so bored. <laughs> um, whereas we just, we go into costume, we go into makeup. We eat our breakfast, we go to the set and you just start. Mm. And the only time we stop is for Darren to get changed or for them to fix the lights. That's yeah. it. And we just batter through all day. So you, you go away feeling exhausted, but as if you've been really busy and productive. And mm. then you go on another set and you're just like, I I, I, I could die here. You wouldn't know. <laughs> I could have keeled over. Yeah. Can I have a cup of tea? Is that do you know what I mean? You just so yeah. Oh, no, that's a really long boring uh, offshoot from uh, the football magazine that I'm attempting to kid on. <laughs> that I understand right, what's what happening in it. Yeah. So that's yeah. Right. So that's the story of Scott Scott.
0: Right. Um, okay. So what we're going to do now? We're going to do this thing. Um, it's called Focus on, and what it what it is is in this magazine and shoot magazines and possibly other. They would profile a footballer from the time, and they would ask them. A bunch of set questions. Um, well, is this so, like a
3: quiz? Because I'm going to feel so hard. It's a quiz about you. Yeah. So oh.
0: yeah. It's a quiz about you. I thought you were expecting
3: me to know stuff about football. No, no no, know, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, things like,
0: like the first. The first it's... question is full name. So it's the, those oh, sort right. of questions. Oh,
3: okay, that's fine. So I I can that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay, I'm sure you're going to Jay, i I'm having like a panic attack. Fingers
0: crossed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Okay. Karen here we Thomas go. Anything? Full name.
3: Karen Jane Barkey.
0: Birthplace. Glasgow. First car.
3: Oh, oh no. Austin Maestro.
0: Sorry, I've got to take your first answer. <laughs> Favorite footballer, if you have any?
3: <laughs> I've heard of Kenny <laughs> Douglas.
0: Shall we go with Kenny Douglas? Kenny Douglas. Favorite football team?
3: I've heard <laughs> of Liverpool.
0: Liverpool, there we go.
3: I don't know. Oh, Stranraer Strind- used to be my go-to one. Okay. Because I knew somebody that liked Stranraer and nobody could be offended about Stranraer because like, nobody knows who they are.
0: Stranraer. So this next one, will sort of ask. Too. So have you ever been to a football match? I have. Okay.
3: I've been to one.
0: It's okay. So what was your most memorable <laughs> match?
3: <laughs> Scotland versus, I think it was Lithuania, at Hamden. My cousin had a friend who had come over from America Mm -hmm. and he was supposed to be going with this guy um, who was massively into wrestling and wouldn't believe that wrestling was faked, by the way, as an (laughs) aside. um, And he couldn't make it, so I went with him. And it was like, (laughs) oh my God, we were honking. We were so bad. Um, I can't even remember when it was. It was a fair few years ago now. Literally, my recollections of it are, I understand why Bovril is important at football matches because it's the only thing that gets you through. We had a pie; it was disgusting. And Scotland were awful.
0: Did we
3: win? <laughs> no, we did not. Okay. And it was that thing of where the, the ground was less than a quarter full because I think everybody in Scotland knew we wouldn't even win against Lithuania. And I think it was their second eleven. Mm-hmm. You know that way I was kind of like Gareth Hewlett. this, so could have taken this team. This is a worry.
0: So that's quite memorable. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and annoying.
3: we had to walk back to town because it turns out you can't get home after you've been at the football. No. Why did you do that?
0: Yeah, that's why did you do that, Tom? I don't know.
3: No,
0: no. know. Tom says he don't know. <laughs> so, what what's the biggest thrill in your life?
3: Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, this old, it says it in your website. It says <laughs> it on your website. <laughs> does it?
2: <laughs> in spring 2016, Karen was thrilled.
3: It doesn't say that the, the biggest thrill. <laughs>
2: it does use the word thrilled.
3: It does use the word thrilled. Um, well, I I I won. Um, is it is it by the word? No. Yeah. Aye. So. <laughs> I mean, don't I don't let me. Push, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's good. You. No, because it was actually quite a thrill. It's quite surreal. Um, it's a long answer again. So, I was in a radio play um, called My Name Is, and it was I had been in the stage play of it, so that was why I was in the radio play, right? And then the director of the play said, "Is that the first thing you've ever done on radio?" And I was like, "Yes." And he went, "Well, I'm going to put you in for an award." for the BBC Audio Awards um, for Best Debut. And I was like, oh, amazing. Thanks very much. So he put me in for it and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I got shortlisted and I was like, holy shit. This is amazing. (laughs) So then I had to go down to the awards ceremony, right, with the writer, a lady called Suda Buchar, and the director, Bruce Young. And we went to the BBC in London. First time I'd ever been in old broadcasting house oh my god, I was so excited, like I, I, like this mother, because the BBC when I was a kid, the idea of working for the BBC blew my mind, right, mm. and I'm going, oh, look at me, and I, I stopped <laughs> at the Pret a on Oxford Circus and changed my shoes, because I wasn't going to wear my nice shoes like before I went, and I'd spent ages trying to figure out what I was going to wear, was it really formal, was it not, all this stuff, right, and they have it in the radio theatre, which is this beautiful kind of art deco theatre, and you arrive at the BBC, and they have a Champagne reception. Well, champagne, prosecco reception. Don't give you any snacks though, right? So I'm in a category with Eleanor Tomlinson from Paul Dark and this guy who's been acting for 50 years and had never done a radio play before. <laughs> right. So I'm the only person in the category I've not heard of. I'm clearly not gonna win, <laughs> right? So I leather two glasses of prosecco For those who know me, two is more than ample. That's me quite drunk, right? Yeah. So I go in ha ha ha, this is all hilarious and we sat down in the row and immediately in front of me was Sue Johnston um, from the Royal Family. Immediately behind me was Louise Jameson Leela from Doctor Who John Hart was kicking about, Lenny Henry was the host, Howell Bennett sat too along from it. I was like, there was fucking like, absolutely stellar people everywhere, right? Yeah. And I'm like Oh my god, this is amazing. So they get to my category. First of all, pronounced my name right.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Blew my mind. <laughs> Nobody can ever read it. They go, Karen Bart 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 Bart. Bar- so usually as as I see someone going Karen and then looking a bit confused, I automatically go, Yeah, that's me. Um, so they pronounce my name right. And then they uh, and then they announce the winner. And it's me. And I was like, I was not expecting that. (laughs) But you have to go up and make a speech. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, June Whitfield was there. I mean, oh my God. It was like everywhere I looked, there was these really famous people. And I'm kind of drunk, right? Because I've had two glasses of Prosecco, which I can't, and I've had no snacks. Mm -hmm. So I had to go up and make a speech, which I did And the speech. All I remember is it started with, you genuinely have no idea how wildly unprepared I am for this, right? (laughs) And then I just talked, and then you go down the stairs, so they can take a picture of you, and it's a big perspex brick you get with your name on it and stuff, so I'm holding my brick like that. And then they give you another glass of Prosecco, but you can't take it back up the stairs, because you can't take a drink into the theatre. So, I necked the Prosecco, of course I did. The rest of the ceremony was fucking hilarious, oh my (laughs) god. God, I laughed. I laughed. And when I got back to my seat, Louise Jameson and Sue Johnson both stopped me to say congratulations, right? So my mind is just blown. So then you go out and they give you wine. Still no snacks. So then I had a glass of red wine as well, right? And I'm, I'm wandering around looking for people that I recognise. And I decided, uh, the other thing was, um, Monica Dolan, who's like an incredible actress, she had won for a BBC Scotland production of Vincent in Brixton. So I decided we were best pals because she was the other person that was associated with Scotland, right? Mm. So I'm steaming, chatting away Monica. Monica, come on. And I'm wandering around looking for people and Stephen Tompkins, this is such a name droppy story, it's horrendous. Stephen Tomkinson stopped me and he said, oh, "Congratulations!" And, I, and by this point, loads—I mean, they're super nice. So, loads of people were doing that to everybody. Oh, well done. That's brilliant for you. He stopped me and he went, "Oh, congratulations!" And I went, "Thanks very much." And he went, "So, uh, can I can I see it, Officer Karen?" And I was like, "Holy shit! You watched the show?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, because his wife's from Kirk yeah. and he was going, and he was going. I mean, you know, I've, I've played a police officer before, I'd be up for it. And I'm like, I'm going to tell them that! <laughs> so, and just the whole night was just insane. It was mental, it was the most showbiz thing that had ever happened. They brought the snacks out about nine o'clock, that train had sailed. Um, and I'm, and, but then at the end of the night, I'm wandering about going, because they give you a box to put your brick in as well. So I've got my box and I'm going, Monica, Monica, you need your box. For your brick! It's out! I'll show you! I'll show you! Come on! So I'm dragging her about and then I was like people were wanting to speak to people so who was this? Monica Dolan really wanted to talk to no, not Monica Dolmet. Anyone but you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Somebody really wanted to speak to someone and I was like, Ah sh- she come on. This is my friend. This is my friend Monica. Monica, this is so and so. She really she, she thinks you're amazing and they, and then they were away and I was like, off she's go, bye, I've done a good thing. Um but then she found a BBC plastic bag to take her brick home in. I was like, "Where did you get that?" So she's battling people out of the way in the, the cloakroom to get me a plastic bag. It was just oh my god! I was so drunk, and then I was so hungover the next day. So yeah, that was the biggest thrill. Biggest of my life. thrill. Yeah,
0: yeah that's a, a nice wee answer to that. <laughs> See what what, what warm I tend answer. to try and do is um, I try and um, make these up into. What they would look like if they were in the magazine. So that, that's, going that's, a, gonna a game, yeah. that's going to be a two-page. That's <laughs> going to be a two-page of that one.
3: Don't include all the name drops. That's horrendous. But it's the only. <laughs> it's the most sober story I have by miles, and it was literally like I was, Nobody knew who I was apart from Stephen Tomkinson, which is still. <laughs> That's actually the biggest. it's
0: exactly like when I met Jim Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like that.
3: When did you meet Jim
0: Gallagher? Oh no, no I, I don't like to go on about that oh, story. Go no, on. I, I don't. I don't tell people about that story. I, it was, last couple of years, I've met him. I've only met him twice. You know, right. first time I met him, second time he remembered me, <gasps> It's it was, it was like. I was hoping to meet him this year but uh, the Clydebank sporting dinner has been Canceled. postponed oh, um, but I, don't, but I understand that he wasn't going to be coming anyway oh. so that's why I introduced this virus into the community <laughs> so that it would be postponed so. is he
3: patient zero?
0: no I hope not Oh, so they
3: are. Stephen Tomkinson was in
0: Glasgow
2: quite recently
3: was. he was I know he was doing a play I didn't even get to see it I'm still, I I keep begging. Every year I go to Joe Noddy and I'm like, don't forget Stephen Tomkinson said he was up for it. (laughs) Don't forget it. Because that would be awesome. And then I would have been responsible for that. And then that would be the most soubast thing I'd ever done.
0: Mm. Okay, so to that, from your biggest thrill to your biggest disappointment.
3: Oh, God. Um,
0: (laughs) Is that on the website as well? No, it won't be on the website.
3: That won't be on the website. My biggest disappointment. Um... I oh crumbs that's a really hard question to answer actually because I because I'm trying to genuinely think about what's been my biggest disappointment. Um, I mean, there have been moments when I've been a bit gutted because I've not got a job or I have, um, y- you know, those kind of things. Mm. But but I've I do tend to be quite a positive person. Now I didn't used to be. Mm. Um, Especially in my twenties, I really struggled in my twenties, but I've i much more comfortable in my own skin now. And genuinely, most of the things I've been disappointed about, I've got something out of in some way. Yeah. So I don't regret them. Um, biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. Um, I really am struggling to think of one.
0: Well, we'll come back to that one then. Um have a little think about mm-hmm. it. We'll go through the other ones I will. and maybe it'll come from the other answers. Possibly. So what's the best country that you visited?
3: Um I I actually really liked the states mm. um when we went over. Uh I liked being in Greensboro because we, we went over in the first week we went to Orlando and we did all the, the theme parks and all that kind of stuff and that was fine. But then uh we came back to Greensboro and we hung out in Greensboro for a week going to Subway in the morning to get breakfast, you would get like a foot long a bag of lace and the biggest drink you could carry which was like a five litre or something, I mean it was insane at that point in time yeah. and that was our lunch as well and we would just stoke about Greensboro like seeing how people lived rather than being tourists, we were mm-hmm. kind of in the living part of America um, and I had some amazing memories of that holiday it was it was brilliant mm-hmm. um, okay. so yeah, probably the States, the States.
0: good one What's your favourite food?
3: Oh, uh, all the foods. That's the problem. That's why I have to be on diets and go to gyms. Um, my mum makes this incredible ratatouille. That's one of my real go-to. And she also does an amazing rack of lamb. But I know that, that, that you know, I'm not a vegan and people will judge me because I'm not. Um, uh, yeah, probably yeah, those things. My mum's cooking um, mm. and cake. I oh, love cake. <laughs> Fucking love cake. Yeah.
0: miscellaneous likes, so just a couple of things that you like doing.
3: Things I like doing. Um, I like playing these really dreadful games on the computer, uh, like Delicious Emily's Tea Rooms and stuff. Uh, Is this
0: like Facebook games? No, no, no,
3: I download them off Big Fish Games. Um, So Delicious Emily is quite straightforward, and they're all time management games, and it's all the same process so there's a counter and you have to pick up things and give them to customers and stuff but over time they've evolved so Delicious Emily's just making teas and cakes but then you get Dr. Care's pet rescue and there's and they've started putting like a themed story in between it so that you understand what's happening in their lives. The last one I played was Parker and Lane um, Devious Minds or something and it was <laughs> it was all crime scenes because mm. Parker was a Is a police officer and Lane is a lawyer. And there was this mass murderer, but it's still the same kind of really (laughs) jolly animation. And you just, you're going around the crime scene picking up a bit of body and giving it to a person. And and it's just the most weird. There's one about a hospital as well Alison Hart, Hart's Medicine, Time to Heal. And in that one, the theme story was (laughs) that at the start of the game, I'm sorry, it just still makes me laugh. At the start of the game, a paramedic in, uh, has taken an ambulance, but there's a crash and uh, the paramedic insists they help the patient first and they get the patient out and then the ambulance blows up and the paramedic is killed. <laughs> and the nurse who helps Dr Alison Hart was his fiancée and she's pregnant. <laughs> and the doctor that was helping the the patient and didn't help the paramedic ends up a drug addict. But it's still the same really jolly little animation. (laughs) It's honestly hilarious. (laughs) I I love that. I'll never get tired of that one. That's really funny. Um, So I love doing that. Um, (laughs) I watch a lot of... um, (laughs) Two <laughs> crime documentaries <laughs> as well. Because my mum's kind of obsessed with serial killers. So I know a lot about serial killers. Um like a lot. I think I could probably get away with quite a lot of crimes now because I know a lot about how they get caught. Um what else do I like to do? I like to bake. I enjoy bacon and I've got quite into making bread at the moment as well. I make a lovely sandwich loaf. <laughs> so I kind of stopped thinking about Dr. Alison Hart and the guy with the drug addiction, honestly. You have to, if you if you get the chance, do look up the graphics because when you see the graphics, you'll understand why it's so amusing that that's the through plot. I
0: think um, just reading the, the storylines to it is probably oh, gonna be enough.
3: it's so funny. Um so, yeah, um, baking and, and playing playing increasingly bizarre. <laughs> I've just, just put
0: baking and playing computer games. How's that? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So a couple of things that you dislike.
3: Uh, I hate I wasps. wasps. Wasps? I hate wasps. I'm really phobic of them. Does that um,
0: include, like, some bees and things or just wasps?
3: No, I try to be really bee-supportive. Um, because obviously we need bees for, like, food and stuff. And and I always felt really nice about bees until my mum pointed out that they're, like, vicious bastards and they kill each other. And sometimes when you see a bee out lying, it's not because it's run out of energy, it's because the other bees have kicked, leathered it, (laughs) and then left it to die and won't let it back in the hive. And I was like, oh, same with robins robins are little shits did you know that they're to about going oh I'm so cute no they're horrible they're really vicious bullies so don't like wasps stick up for bees Um I hate I hate the selfishness that's driving a lot of the way that people behave now Um that kind of totally self-centred the way that people drive in car parks mm. you know that way as if they're the only person in the car park and like just share the 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 fact that people just apparently are unable to share stuff. Um, I hate that. And I use it for... It it, it explains so much to me. Even things like... You know how there's this massive backlash about... um, Because Doctor Who's a woman. Mm. And there's going to be a a female 007. Even although she's not James Bond. She's just getting his number for a bit. The problem with that... Everybody always goes in. But you're taking something that's Uh male... And, and, and you're taking it away. And I'm like, I'm not taking it away. There's still, still 12 there. Doctor Who's. <laughs> <moves, but laughs> they're still there. Yeah. You, we're just sharing now. I, now girls get a bit too. And it's, yeah, so not sharing. Not I hate sharing. that.
0: Okay. What's your favourite TV show of all time?
3: I'm going to go Robin of Sherwood. Okay. Which was a, a huge influence on me wanting to be an actor as uh, well. Was
0: that... Um... Sean Connery's Jason, Jason, Jason
3: Connery. Who's in the news recently. I know, because he's going to be the person who's running the Scottish Is that is Is that why it's suddenly become... <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> no, it's always been my... F- I, I became... I wasn't... I didn't watch it when Michael... Praed, so there was two Robins, actually. Yeah. There was three series. In the first two series, it was Michael Praed, And in the third series, it was Jason Connery. Mm. And the Jason Connery series was twice as long, and that was the one that I became aware of it with. Um, and I, I just fell hopelessly in love with the whole show Not with him, although I, I, obviously he was playing the kind of, you know The Timothy hero with his beautiful quaft hair His lovely blonde hair um, But I, I just, I loved the show and I became really it was the, the second thing I got really hooked on the, f- the first one was The Professionals Which I shouldn't have been watching because I was far <laughs> too young And I don't know what my mum was thinking, but it's fine <laughs> So I really liked The Professionals, but I, I became properly fanatic about Robin of Sherwood. Mm. And I know a lot about it because I followed it really religiously and um, I managed to get hold of all the VHS tapes of it. Mm. And I it was the first time I ever binge watched a thing when binge watching wasn't, wasn't a, a thing. thing. Yeah. I spent two days watching all of Robin of Sherwood. Yeah. From and God bless my mum we only had one television and we lived in a one bedroom flat at the time <laughs> so when I was watching Robin Sherwood, my <laughs> mum was watching Robin O'Shea and we it, like we went through the whole thing I've got it on DVD I have watched every one of the special editions that in fact that's the most thrilling thing that happened to me I've just realised <laughs> literally the most thrilling thing that happened to me <laughs> on that night at those awards yeah. there's a lady called Esther Charkham Esther Charcom was the casting director on Robin of Sherwood. And when we came out, she spoke to me. And now we're friends <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Esther Charcom, who cast Robin of Sherwood, is my friend. That's the that's the most random thing that ever happened. And she gave me advice of I mean, she like sometimes replies. to stuff.
0: Do you know, space-wise, that works a lot better. Yeah, that's the most (laughs) thrilling thing
3: that ever happened to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, Yeah, and I I just, I've watched all the DVD commentaries. I know it backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. I I could quote pretty much the entire series, I think. Um, I
0: loved it. Good stuff. I, I, I don't really remember watching it at the time. It wasn't some what what sort of day was it on? It was on Saturday.
3: Saturday, about six fifteen, yeah. Mm. Um it was H T V Wibbly music. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And the Clan Ad soundtrack. I had Clan Ad albums purely because I liked Robin of, of and Sherwood. Um I, oh it was amazing. I think because um from what i've seen it it was just a really brilliant production to work mm. on as well and a lot of that came off the screen yeah. um and it was it, richard carpenter who wrote it was a really smart writer and and made a lot out of what could have been quite a thin <laughs> concept and and yeah. he really reinvented it and and subsequent all the subsequent versions of robin ish, of robin hood have stolen something out of that version mm. including prince of thieves Because the Morgan Freeman character in Prince of Thieves is blatantly just Nazir from Robin of Sherwood. And Nazir was only in Robin of Sherwood, supposed to be in the first episode, right? So it was a guy called Mark Ryan. Sorry, your listeners (laughs) don't give a shit about this. But anyway, I'm off. I'm on one. Mark Ryan uh, was a really good uh, sword fighter, stage sword fighter. And he was supposed to get killed in the first episode. But everybody really liked him, and they'd put him in leather trousers, and all the women that did like makeup and stuff were like, Phew, "He's quite fit, you know." So they kept him, but he had a really strong Derbyshire accent, and he was playing this um, Saracen, so a, a, you know, a Muslim fighter. So they couldn't give him any lines because <laughs> he couldn't do any. His voice was so distinctive, so he never really got to say anything apart from
0: just like, don't in this way." They should have got James Ells Jones to do. His I know.
3: Voice. Um, so a. Uh, but yeah, and not long after that, they made Prince of Thieves and they had this Saracen and I'm like, there is no Saracen in the story. You've just ripped him off. So Maybe yeah.
0: that's where the research was. Maybe that, they, no, that it, I thought was It story.
3: blatantly mm-hmm. is. They've totally nicked it from Robin Sherwood mm-hmm. and, he, and it's become like a character in yeah. the myth now. Everybody has well, one.
0: I, I, just going back to it, it's like it's a, the song Sandy.
3: Yeah.
0: As in, in, <laughs>
3: Isn't in, the, in play. the actual
0: original play. And it's like, I remember, I remember at the time it was like, because we weren't going to do it. No, I know,
3: because we could have got, sued, yeah. well, we couldn't, G-S-Y-T mm-hmm. could have got sued.
0: And eventually they just gave in and says, okay, we'll do it. Because uh, it was um, Alone at the drive it the-
3: Stranded at the drive No, yeah. the,
0: the, the other song, <laughs> oh, the song that's yeah. in it. I'm, I'm all alone. Yeah, that's that right. Because right. oh, the the music to it is actually incidental music in the movie.
3: That's right.
0: But it's got words to it.
3: Yes. That so is there like... you go.
0: There's a wee bit of knowledge for you.
3: Aye, very much so.
0: Um, favourite singers, oh, singer comes... or singers. Um, this could could include like bands.
3: Do you know? I, I I love tons of different things. Um, I tend to. There's not many people that I would go. I, I really like the Foo Fighters. I do really like the Foo Fighters and Green Day, the Beatles, Leonard Skynyrd. Um, I really like a. Uh, the Eagles. Um she said it's in incredibly middle of the road.
2: Oh, I love the Eagles.
3: Oh, I love the Eagles. Um but I I don't I don't follow like a specific band. Mm. There are just loads and loads and loads of pieces of music that I like and I'm, I think my music tastes quite eclectic because I used to I didn't start drinking until I was 23. So I was the driver when we went to nightclubs and stuff <laughs> and when I was in my teens and 20s.
1: Yeah.
3: Um and I played whatever people had with them. So people brought tapes so I, and, and they gave me tapes. So I ended up with this really incredibly wide mix of music. And then I've got an iPod, a proper old school, like 120 gig, the, the actual has mechanical things in it one. Um, and I got it hand from my friend Andrew. So he left all his music on it. And then I added all the music I had on it. And then another friend gave me a big wadge of music, so I've got, like, 120 gigs. Of st- I don't know what's on it. I just play it, and I, pl- I always play it on random because mm. I love just going, oh, well, actually, I quite like that really hardcore hip-hop song. Well, that one's rubbish. Um, you know, and there's death metal, and it's just all sorts of things. So, mm. yeah, bit of everything. Nothing
0: particular. Okay, this one could take a while. Don't Favourite not. actors?
3: Oh, crumbs. <laughs> um,
0: I'm going to limit to... Two actors, two, two, two were limiting.
3: Jimmy Stewart mm-hmm. is one. Oh, god, how can I pick just one more? Um, all right, I'll give you three hundred. <laughs> um, who else? Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart is probably the one that I go to most. I love Claire Foy actually. Currently, I think she's mm. really exceptional. Um, Oh, crumbs. There's so many. Now I'm just seeing like a huge litany of actors going past me. Um, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm going to go back to my two then. Okay. okay, yeah.
3: Claire Foy and Jimmy Stewart.
0: Okay, we'll go with that. Um, who's your best friend?
3: Oh, crumbs. That's a really awkward question to ask. <laughs> what if somebody that just thinks they're my mum. best friend? Yeah, my mum. Uh, oh, nah, shit. I, I'm lucky to have a few who I would say are all kind of my best friends. So my mum, yeah. Okay. Legitimately, um my cousins, Paul and Steph, um Mary, uh, Andrew, Colin, uh, Jay, Karen. I mean there's there's quite a few. Um I'm I feel very lucky that I know some really lovely people who've always got my back.
0: Excellent. Who's the biggest influence <laughs>
3: Probably my family, mm-hmm. my whole family, not just my mum, although obviously she's really crucial. My mum and I are really close, and mm-hmm. um, like we, we share a house now. Um, but yeah, my family, my grand, my mum, my aunts and uncles, my cousins.
0: Okay, good stuff. Which person in the world would you most like to meet that you've not already met? <sighs>
3: These are really hard questions. you yeah, imagine asking
0: the footballers of the day?
2: The yeah. stock answer is whoever's presenting the Scottish Cup, come me. Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> if it was a Scottish player, it would be the Queen of the Pope. Oh,
3: and less, uh... no. Um, well, we've met the Queen, done we've met, that.
0: We've danced for the Queen. We've danced
3: for the Queen. She's very short. Do you remember that one of the people from GSYT like started talking to her before she'd said anything to us? Was it John? I think it was John Deans. Who would I most like to meet? Who would I most like to meet? Um, well, do you know the weird thing is, I I was once incredibly starstruck, right? So because I've done quite a lot of radio plays and obviously I went to that radio theatre thing as well, yeah. Um, so I've seen quite a lot of famous people, right? And I'm usually okay about it. I'm fine about it. Um, I've been really starstruck twice. Once was it that night, which was June Whitfield, and I was just like, I, I, I can't. I, I, it's just so awesome, God bless her. Um, but the other time I was coming back, it was when I still worked in the office because I had a day job for years and years before I was an actor. And I'd been at a meeting in London and I was coming back through Glasgow Airport and I was walking through the airport and then there she was, just walking towards me. And I had this like really guttural, visceral reaction. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Gloria Huniford. And I don't know why, but I have never been more starstruck than when I saw Gloria Huniford yeah. walking through Glasgow Airport towards me. Now I've seen Paris Hilton, I've seen like I've I've, I've s- sat and chatted to loads of like really famous, like I've I've, I've flaming, I have clapped eyes on Neil Gaiman. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I've seen like famous people, Gloria Huniford literally couldn't have been more starstruck. So the weird thing is, I don't know, because I've got a feeling the person that would really blow my mind, I wouldn't realise would blow my mind mm. until they were there. Okay. That's my answer.
0: Right, right, we'll go with that. That was the last question, so we're well done with Thank that. Thank God. Sorry.
3: <laughs> 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 that was really stressful.
0: You, you did well. You, you only you only got um, three of them wrong. Right, good. So that that was, that was pretty I'm good. I'm so
3: glad it wasn't a quiz about footballers. That was just, just a, a disaster.
0: Yeah. Well, at least you managed to answer the, the, the football ones. It's yes. You had something for those. That's so, very true. No, good stuff. So we're going to take a look at CelticMatchDay.com, which are the sponsors to Shoot the Breeze podcast. Um, so if you go into the CelticMatchDay.com website, it's a website that hosts scans of full matchday programs programmes for Celtic. But obviously, as we keep saying, you don't, you don't have to just be a Celtic fan in order to appreciate what's in here. You know, it does have... Um, when Celtic play away, obviously has the home team's programmes as well so there's something for everyone in there at celticmatchday.com um, you go in, you select a year it shows you which programmes are available and you can look through the PDFs of those, you can also follow them on Twitter at celtic underscore matchday so, Tom have you picked one out for us to have a look at?
2: Yes I'm going to pick one out for you right now uh, so let's see we're going to look at 1998, the match is going to be Celtic v FC Zurich, 20th of October, UEFA Cup.
0: Yeah, and just at the top of the page here, it does say an asterisk, Celtic score is always shown first. So when you look down them, it shows you the the game, so the home and the away team, the date um, and then the score. So the Celtic score is always shown first.
2: So uh, the cover's a wee bit of a hodgepodge a different different wee shots there alan stubbs heading in a goal uh, simon donnelly celebrating craig burley blasting the ball at the uh, at the goal
0: mm-hmm. so
2: scrolling down
0: just on just, sorry just on that it's not the most professional looking um of front pages that i've seen no. of these i mean the 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 ratio and stuff i mean i'm nitpicking here obviously but the ratio of the the pictures and stuff might have been deliberate. But yeah, it's, um, I've seen a lot better ones.
2: So scrolling down, first thing, we've got a two-page spread on Geron Nixon. And he's a uh, Dundee United strip there. I'd love to show the Celtic fans what I'm really capable of in Glasgow.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's um. Swiss Roll suits Geron just fine. So obviously, this is after his Dundee United uh, sojourn.
2: Yeah. And then the next next two pages is, is is a wee section called "If You Know Your History," mm-hmm. and it's about FC Zurich and uh, a couple of uh, a, wee, a good wee picture there, yeah. Tommy Gemmel and Stevie Chalmers. Yep, both in there in the Inter- Milan shirts.
0: Yep, I've not seen that picture before.
2: No, I, I have not seen that one before either. A wee teddy bear. Yeah. So and and the the relevance says that Celtic had beaten FC Zurich earlier that season in the european in the european cup yeah but, uh, a nice wee picture nice wee picture there uh and then the next page we've got harold brat back i think he is screaming in pain at missing <laughs> another open goal yeah um, and that picture in uh, that um black and green away strip celtic had yeah
0: it's looking rather shiny as well isn't it
2: and it's school there's a wee kind of joke page after that, I yep. know how you like your uh, your gags, <laughs> Andy. Mick Oblivious.
0: Uh, it's it's by Mick Oblivious is the pen name here.
2: I wonder who's I wonder who's actually written that. Does it say anywhere? No. But I we picture of Jonathan Watson done up as uh as chick young. Yeah, uh, so it's it was probably uh part of the uh, only an excuse kind of thing. Scrolling down again, a nice big double page spread of Jonathan Gould.
0: Yeah, that's a good picture.
2: Scotland's picture. Goalkeeper, and uh, then a ter- an absolutely terrific advert for Radio
0: Rentals. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh,
2: using Microsoft uh, Clipart.
0: That's superb. So it says first month's rental free with this leaflet, and it's got a picture of um, Elvis or a, a a painting of Elvis. Uh, call into your local branch. Offer ends the fourth of November, nineteen ninety eight.
2: And, and the headline is return to rental <laughs> it's the elvis
0: ah, uh, yeah yeah ah, yeah good one yeah but see this is funnier for me this is funnier for me than the 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 cartoons yeah
2: but well, this is unintentionally funny <laughs> yeah that's 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 tremendous. like I say they've used Microsoft to, to clip art for the return to rental as well
0: i'm just wondering if that's a video player would it, it would have still been videos back in, then wouldn't it have yeah absolutely it would have been, so. yeah
2: Ninety-eight. Well, yeah. I mean, DVDs were just starting to come in around about then, but maybe about another year or so mm. before uh, before they came in. Uh, so then, uh, David W. Potter's got a wee two pager on Bobby Evans. Yeah. After that, again, terrific for the for the history. Uh, and then uh, another brilliant advert. Uh, boys talk a <laughs> phone in chat line exclusively for Celtic fans. Is
0: it, is that a does that just look like it? it sort of looks a bit like Derek White? It's I don't th- I don't think it is, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, this looks as though it's a wee bit of a you know. Um, yeah, you can just imagine what those hotlines would have been like. So uh, as we say, there's plenty in here. You know, there's there's plenty of information about the teams. There's plenty of um, historical information. Plenty of. Um, adverts and other things that can get you a wee bit nostalgic about um, old things like that as well. So as we say, CelticMatchDay.com on the web, just go on there and you can you can look through everything that's on there and at Celtic underscore MatchDay on Twitter. So that's our the sponsor of the Shoot the Breeze podcast. So check them out, CelticMatchDay.com. We'll go back into the magazine. Do we
2: have time to dive? It's five
0: past twelve. Can we have oh time to Oh my goodness! Dive
3: um, back into the yes, we do. Um, I'm meeting people in Glasgow at one.
0: So. Okay. Well, we'll 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 give it another little bit and see see what we get through. Um, <laughs> that's so my fault if that's the something. case, we shall jump to page eight. Okay. Um, Are we not
3: doing the Gaza update?
0: Do you, is there anything specific you want to go through the Gaza updates?
3: No, I just I just I was fascinated by the fact that at this point in time. You had the Gaza update and whether Gaza was sulking or smiling as we bring you week four of our diary on his comeback trail. Well,
0: there is actually... Let's just jump a wee bit forward. I think there's a bit about um, where the the game that he he, he had his issue with... Um,
3: you have to be more specific.
0: With yeah, Gaza. Um, the, where he... he The injury, right, okay, so we're on page 17-20 to And we're looking at, so this was the match facts And Mm -hmm. it basically goes through the games of the the weeks and things like that So it'll be Saturday the 18th of May Okay, so this is the English FA Cup final um, And it's Spurs to Nottingham Forest 1 And there was an attendance of 80,000 there so the game itself, Stuart Pierce gave Forrest an early lead after Gaza had been seriously injured while committing a terrible foul. Mm. Yeah, so this, of course, led to Gaza being stretched off and resulted in a ruptured, cruciate ligament in his right knee. The injury put in put his imminent move to Italy with Lazio in jeopardy. and uh, He miss, missed the entire 91-92 season and further injured his knee after an incident at a Tyneside ca- club. So, you know, he was on his way back... Big move to the to Italy, and he's out partying with his pals. He'd eventually make his Lazio debut in September nineteen ninety two. So in the game itself, in the FA Cup final, Paul Stewart equalised for Spurs in the fifty fifth minute, and with the game going to extra time, Spurs would get the win thanks to a known goal from Des Walker after he headed into his own net from a Naim corner kick. Um, I just want to jump back a bit as well because um, there's this person I want to discuss. Um, so this this is a feature. There's a, a two page spread. It's actually page twelve and twenty five, but in the middle is all this fact stuff which is meant to be like a pullout. But we're just going to sort of look on uh, start the page twelve. So it's a two, two page spread and it's featuring Des Walker in the Great Skills series, Developing Speed. So this was mentioned on the front page. Mm-hmm. So Matt says that Des is one the one to watch when picking up tips on speed in the game. They say Des is one of the quickest footballers in the world and how does he do this? So the things they say to note is, one, he keeps his centre of gravity low and leans forward with his head. His head is still when running, not shaking from side to side. And note when you see him play that he lifts his knees when running and his arms swing backwards and forwards and not across the body. Now, the reason I've, I've got you to this page is the page is illustrated with drawings of Dez Walker mm-hmm. done by the artist Paul Trevelyan. Now, we've touched on Paul Trevelyan before, but I just wanted to go into a bit more detail about him. So, Paul invented the sock tags used by Leeds United. So, back in the, the 60s, um, early 70s as well, probably, Leeds United had these sock tags that would hold up, but it would have a little tag down, and they were well known for it. And what they would do is... I think the players would sign them before the game and then after the game they'd throw them into the crowd. Mm. So, but he also, so this is, it was Paul's idea, um, he also got the Leeds United team to do the warm-up before the game. Um, he'd seen how aggressive they were in training and thought it would be psychologically advantageous over their opponents to see them doing this before a game. So mm-hmm. you see, you know, teams warm up yeah. they the pitch and that before. But this was a new thing, you're saying, you know, I've watched you in training and it's really aggressive, I think. Get the boys to do that, you know, each different corners of the stadium before the warm up, and it'll get the fans riled up, and it'll, you know, the opposition will be a bit um, psychologically gone as well. He also got the Leeds players to come out before a game, line up, and wave to the fans. So he was coming up with all these ideas. On top of that, he was a brain's-bind idea to get the players' names on the backs of their tracksuits. Um, now, Paul himself, he was born in March 1934 in Tottenham, North London, he's still going strong, wow. and he's an artist and produced artwork for publications like the Eagles, while still at school, um, so he's produced for lots of people. Publications like Eagle. Eagle, yeah, sorry, yeah. I said Eagles, yeah. Uh, he's done a great deal of artwork for football magazines like Shoot and Match, including You Are the Ref features, and he's also worked and the likes of Roy and the Rovers amongst many others. Mm. Now he said quite a varied life and at one point worked as a stand-up comedian <laughs> supporting the likes of Norman Wisdom and Bob Monkhouse. Oh wow. He was crowned the world speed kissing champion. <laughs> um, he had a record deal and he has a drawing of Winston Churchill in the 1950s which impressed the prime minister so much that he invited him to visit. So wow, he's he's an absolute legend in terms. You know, it's like you see you see his um, his artwork and his his drawings and stuff throughout the magazine throughout the year. But yes. it's just all this other things as well. I've, I've heard them being um, interviewed on I think it was on Saturday Soccer AM or something like that amongst other things. And he's just you can you can see where all his ideas come from because he's really lively. He's yes. always you know really he's, he's an absolute legend for me um,
2: and you don't normally like artists the football I
0: do that I don't it's just Nobby <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like Nobby that's all
3: I mean look though he's done such a good job of like Walker's flat top.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, that's,
3: that's that's actually quite impressive. I mean,
0: there's you can a definitely totally
3: see that that guy's got a flat top. There's
0: a definite style to the to the way he oh, does it. Very much and so. I mean,
3: it's funny as soon as you said that you drew for Eagle. I, I remember seeing Eagles in the in the shop, and mm. that's exactly what it makes me think of. These yeah. drones they are they're, and they're really impressive. They're beautiful.
0: Yeah, Um and you know, if you listen to this and you want to see more, he's on t- Twitter. Um, I don't know off. We'll put it on a web page, um, but. Follow him, and he's still producing, and he's still, you know, as I say, he's he's a very charismatic man, and you know, he looks charismatic, and yeah, he's still got the same haircut he you know. had in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, <laughs> and he he wears like a, a big a hat. Cowboy as, hat. Yeah, cowboy hat as well. So, um, he's he's yeah quite. I'm going to say eccentric, but you know, it's um. <laughs> We'll just jump back to that page where we had we spoke about the, the Spurs two Forest one game. Yeah. So that was back in um, pages seventeen to twenty in the match facts because on the same day, we had the Scottish Cup final and this was Dundee United three Motherwell four, mm-hmm. and it was fifty seven thousand three hundred and nineteen fans at Hampden Park, and this final was known as the family final as it pitted together brothers Jim and Tommy McLean both managers of the competing teams. The Motherwell defeated Aberdeen, Falkirk, Morton and Celtic to get to the final, while Dundee United defeated East Fife, Airdrie, Dundee and St Johnston. So I think we can safely say that Motherwell had the tougher route to the final there. Mm. The Motherwell versus Celtic semi-final went to a replay after a 0-0 draw with Motherwell, winning 4-2 in a classic game. Celtic had not conceded a single goal in the cup until this game. And Motherwell came from behind twice, when Colin and O'Neill picked the ball up midway inside the Celtic half and bulleted a 40-yard shot into Paddy Boner's top left-hand corner. Stevie Kirk put the game out of sight with a curling left-foot lob from the edge of the area. Um, the, the memory recalls it was a really wet midweek game for that, but I I'd so vividly remember that shot from Stevie Kirk. In the final itself, Motherwell took the lead when Ian Ferguson scored with a header after 32 minutes. Uh, David Bowman pulled it back level not long after half time. Before Motherwell quickly restored the lead through Phil O'Donnell. Ian Angus then gave Motherwell a bit of daylight to make it three-one after 65 minutes. But John O'Neill quickly reduced the deficit with a header. Dan Jackson then took the game to extra time after a last-gasp equaliser. And that's another l- phrase: the last gasp. Well, I which gasp. You've yeah.
2: heard that quite
0: recently as well.
3: Really? <laughs> I know,
2: reduced. I
0: Reduce the deficit. Reduce the deficit, yeah. yeah. Mm, yes. Um, so Stevie Cook then got the winner for Motherwell as he headed home a Davy Cooper corner kick. Um, this would be the highest scoring final for 19 years and would see Motherwell lift the trophy for only the second time in their history. Jim McLean was in his sixth final in 19 years as a United manager and lost out every time. Mm. Uh, so it's pretty sad that he'd never won in um, any of the Scottish Cup finals. You'd think his brother would have thrown it for him
3: just out of mm. kindness.
0: I don't think the McLean so the McLean family where there was um, Tommy Willie as well and Jim and you know I think they were all winners so Uh. Uh, just as a spoiler United would eventually win the Scottish Cup for the first time in 1994 under Ivan Golach the manager which we mentioned earlier on Hmm. Okay, so at this point, we like to so we team up with a, a charity partner for each season that we do, doing it. This um, season, it's uh, Back on Side, so I'm just going to give a little readout for Back on Side what yeah. they do. So here in the UK, one in four people will experience a mental health illness e- each year. Mental health includes a person's emotional, psychological, and social well-being. An obvious widespread problem, yet it is estimated that only a quarter of sufferers receive ongoing treatment leaving the majority of the UK population tackling these debilitating issues on their own. Here at Back On Side, we have recognised this ongoing dilemma and are determined to rebuild a society where no young person or adult is left tackling mental health problems alone. So that's at Back On Side on Twitter. Um, as we always say, follow them, support them, donate, do what you can there. And um, One of the other things we do with the podcast is... We, we have a page that goes with each podcast where yeah. we, we have, you know, screenshots and captures and videos of things that we talk about yeah. so that you can actually follow up while you're listening to it as well. So, oh, you know, nice. you can go through it. But we also have a, a donate button. Mm-hmm. And for each pound that you donate, you essentially, it's like buying a raffle ticket. And what we do is these magazines, so the super size one will get you to sign that at the end we'll include the original copy as well and we'll throw in any, you know, books or other cards and magazines from the collection. So basically you get a goodie bag. Yeah. And for each pound that you send in, 50% will go to the podcast to keep it running, 50% will go to the charity Mm -hmm. and then we'll draw that. So that's something um, for that, for back on side. Um, And we'd also like to say a special thanks to Pete Wiley of the Mighty Wah for the use of the story of the blues and the music for our show. So our, our... Opening and yeah. en- ending music is Story of the Blues, which I'm down on record as saying absolutely love. You can catch up with Pete on www.petewiley.co.uk, where you can check out the details of upcoming gigs and new music. And lastly, but not least, we'd like to thank a producer, Diane Jarden, for a great work and support on the podcast, as usual please check out www.transmissionroom.co.uk where you can book music recording and rehearsal facilities at Clyde So please check out that website. If you have any uh, recording needs, uh, anything like that, then it's absolutely the great place to, to get that from. Um,
2: so... Karen, when you go to meet your friends later today, yes. will you try and use some football language in a <laughs> sentence with I, them?
3: I absolutely will. I think I will. I will probably go with carpeted by the beaks. I think I can squeeze that into <laughs> conversation in a really it and Just, just way. casually and yeah, see. Casual. see how it um, I think also headed home uh, because I'll probably head home at some point and at and the end of the night. I'm going to
0: head home before I we get carpeted by the beaks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you can't use it on the one, the one sentence, so I don't think. Well, you I don't
3: know. All right. it, if you sell it right, it's I mean, Tom's if you rules. steer the conversation well enough. Mm. Yes, no, I definitely will. I, I'm, I'm going to sound infinitely knowledgeable, and I might discuss... Uh, I might discuss... Um, the artwork the, yeah. and how it's linked to Eagle and how that mm-hmm. guy Paul um, yeah Paul Trevelyan um, or b- whatever his name has become by the time I'm having that conversation tonight <laughs> no, i totally. Paul, Paul, I, Paul Paul mm. mm. yeah see, oh, he's always great he does stuff. So,
0: so what's what's going on with yourself at the moment work wise uh, and how can people get a hold of you if
3: well uh, you can get hold of me on Twitter I am at Kaz K-A-Z-B-A-A Kaz but like, bah, like sheep, not just bah, like bah. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh And at the moment, um, the the next series of Scott Squad's shooting, so I will be out filming, assuming that coronavirus does not confine us all to our homes. Um, not this week coming, but the following. Oh, I've just hit the desk. Sorry, I made a desky noise there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm filming the new series of Scott Squad. Um, and apart from that, I'm just... Stoned about looking for work Like most actors are So if anyone uh, is looking for an actor uh, I am quite horrifically available Um, Yeah, um, I I, I just read a a short story For Radio 4 that went out yesterday So that's Mm. available online as well If you want to have a look at it It was called Lucky In the From Fact to Fiction thread
1: Um,
0: And what we'll do is, as I said, this page we put together, I'll I'll, I'll contact you, I'll get all your links and things like that. We'll put them on as well. Well, that'd be amazing. Anything else you want to add to it? So, So on that, I'd like to thank you for joining us this week. Thank Um, you for having me and
3: not punching me for not stopping
0: talking. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, Tom, as always, for being Tom. Thank you, Andy. And for everybody out there who's listening, please continue listening, share with your friends. Until the next time, let's shoot the breeze.